That's a radio, boy. Yo, what up? It's the incredible Mr. Fantastic Skin Richards, legendary rock steady crew, a.k.a. the Nostalgia King. And you are now rocking with Tokyo's finest, the Mega Late Show. You know what I'm saying? Right here, right now, one time for your mind. Skin Richards is in the place to be. Tokyo, y'all. Peace. Yo, what is this? Episode 73? 73. That's right. Indeed. All right, yes. Emphatically, yes. I should be more excited because I am very excited to have our guest here today and happy to talk about various things within the culture with him. Pie, pie, pie. That's right. I am Mega Face. Yo, this is Late Fetch. Word Life. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, those are new names we just came up with, right? But yeah, Mega Late Show, episode number 73, the number one hip-hop and dub culture podcast here in Tokyo. Weekly. Dropping episodes every Friday with interesting, dope people uh, through various segments of culture itself and hip-hop culture in particular. Who yes, did we have yes. last week, right? Oh, we didn't uh, have we anybody. We the illustrious Us. Yeah, yeah. We had a... about albums. Yeah, we're doing a every album of the decade ever discussion where we take all these albums and discuss their inherent qualities and uh, kind of just give our ranking of where we think they, say sh- they should lie. So we got, a, what, like 15, 20 albums on there? 21 right now word up yeah so check that out and then uh next week i think we got mark declivelo oh yeah yeah right. shout out to the nice. guy mark declivelo killing nice. it and speaking of mark declivelo i want to give a shout out to our new sponsors uh rope adult records uh rope adult music clothing and culture they're actually from philly out of philly which is the same place where our guy our guest is from today so yeah go check guess? them out scheme richards what up what up what up world let's go ahead and get an applause drop there scheme richards that's right and yes, we're gonna yes. we're gonna find out uh, a bunch about my man here uh and about his blog the nostalgic king so uh but first uh about rope dope records i want everybody to go check them out because they are known for a variety of different genres Uh, which include but are not limited to hip-hop, jazz, gospel, and other forms of electronic music. Uh, Most recently, they've released uh, Mark DeClivelo's last two albums, Heritage 1 and 2, both of which are available on their website. Yo, I'm doing a pretty good job plugging this off the dome, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so check those out. It's almost like they're an official sponsor or something. It is almost as though they're an official sponsor. But they've also got like uh, records by like uh, a new joint from The Last Poets, which is wild pay attention to that and uh another rapper named uh, chemist who is from uh philly as well mm-hmm. so shout out to them go check them out pay attention uh, do your googles and enjoy yourself and uh do we also have another sponsor later or are we still waiting for those checks to come in not as official as rope dope records but always shout out to our guy harry of harry sandwich company right. in harajuku actually this week is his anniversary week so he's anniversary doing a bunch for of the restaurant for the restaurant okay yes. bet uh actually when we're recording so you might be a little late you might be able to catch the tail end mm. but uh yeah he's having a bunch of events going on and uh i'm also having my birthday party there and i will be having monthly no bi-monthly every other monthly events there again soon is that oh, is starting that the, in may i think is that the joint Yes. Are we? So, are you, you keeping that title under wraps right now? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't okay. Announced it Word. Yet. Word. That title is redacted. We'll come <laughs> back to that later. But but yeah yeah go to um go to there and eat some of those sandwiches yeah, right off of Takashita Street. Because yo scheme really this place has got the best sandwiches in Tokyo. Okay. I, I mean I haven't been to every sandwich shop, but just judging by the landscape, you know at the convenience store the type of joints they got going right, on. Right. Right. 
This is really about as close as it gets to like a bodega, kind of like a Ooh. real deli okay. sandwich. Okay. I mean, shout out yeah. to that other sandwich shop in Daikanyama. Nah, no They do pretty good. Who is that? Oh, I'm not saying their name. Okay, redacted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, but but yeah, you know what I mean? It's like you can get a lot of different foods out here if you right. want different foods. If you want pizza, boom. You can find a place I, that got I a had pizza a, slice. I had a serious pizza the other day. Yeah. Oh, where was you at? In in the in the uh Taito City area. Oh, I don't even know about yeah. that. It's just like by Bueno Park. Okay. And it's a it's they have a, a shop, but they actually have a food truck called Yannicka mm. Beer Hall. Mm. And they had the, it's a wood oven. Oh, like stove a real in joint. the joint, so they yeah. making pizzas like yo, no slices, like whole, yo, like a whole pie, fresh ingredients mm-hmm. and beers, like four pizzas, different styles, is like margarita, something, 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 mm. two different yo, beers. Yo, I rock with Scheme, that. What are you doing to me? You're gonna make me go to yeah, window? we're gonna have to take a break. Yo, <laughs> no, and I know you're it's also official. a huge like uh, a burger connoisseur. Most definitely. So am I. I am huge. Like my favorite foods, it goes. <laughs> Cheeseburgers, pancakes, and Word. within those, like you can find pancakes out here. That's all right. Right. Cheeseburgers out here. That's really good, actually. They put ice but, cream yeah. and shit on. But are you? Yeah, hip, I don't like are, you, are you hip to Whoopi Goldberger? I haven't been there, but I've heard. That's of it. actually my aunt. <laughs> what, what is this? It's a burger spot in Shibuya. Yo, what? like you have to go. Like they open for lunch, but legitimately by like 1.30, it's all sold out, and then they open again like five o'clock. Whoopi Goldberger. I'm going to go check that out. It's Golden Week, y'all, by oh, the yeah, way. It is. Yeah, it so is. I'm about to go check that out maybe tomorrow before I go check out the Avengers joint. Yeah, super Word duper up, official. Man. Word. Yo, I appreciate you putting me onto that scheme. Yeah. Scheme's going to be putting us onto a lot of things today. I'm looking at, I'm looking for him to shine a lot of jewels and really hip, ups to, hip us to a lot of things. I got a lot of questions for my man because he's been within the culture operating and doing his thing for longer than most of y'all even been paying attention. So, um, Word life. Let's start with let's start with that scheme. Scheme Richards. First, before you tell us where it all began and how your genesis, your b-boy genesis, and where it starts, where does the name come from? Scheme Richards. All right. So basically, I was thinking maybe you used to write scheme and maybe Richards is your last name or your hype off the Fantastic Four. <laughs> all right. So so the scheme. My OG who taught me to DJ pretty much gave me that name because like I always had a hustle when I was younger I always had a hustle on figuring out how to do things quicker than everybody else do shortcuts whatever or always had this master plan of like yo we should do this or let's do that so he kind of bestowed that name scheme on me he's because just because he's like yo you're always scheming word so that that was that the Richards you guessed it my favorite like at the time my favorite character was Mr. Fantastic I mean, Reed he's, Richards. A, he's the smartest man in the Marvel yeah. universe. You know so, I mean? so I connected the two. Scheme Richards, it just sounded... I couldn't I go it. by Scheme because of Graffiti Writer. Word. So Scheme Richards. Okay. And that's how that came about. Yeah, you definitely can't... If I'm you, a comic if, you, if you're a Scheme, then you got to be like Scheme 4-3 or like you right, know, change right. it up. So right. you're not stepping on it. And, and don't get it twisted. In, the mo- in Star Wars, he was my favorite character. No doubt. Because his attitude was so just like what, and that's always been my attitude. My attitude has always been like, yo, I'm not doing this for anybody else. Word. This is just what I do. No doubt, no doubt, man. I can appreciate it, and I dig it, and I come from that same cloth. I like to think. So word up, and uh, so you grew up in Philly, and late stepped out, so the music dropped. And he was opening the door for our <laughs> photographer cat, but yeah, um, you you grew up in Philly, right? Born and raised. Born and raised in Philly. Okay. Um, 
I've done everything that I'm doing now. I've been doing since, you know, childhood. You know, so like I started seeing Graf in '78. You know, Philly is the home of Graf. Right. It's the birthplace. Yeah, I feel like more people should just be really familiar with that in the same way that should they're familiar be. to hip hop started out in the Bronx. But yeah, but, yeah. but like Philly, Philly and New York is so close together. Like Philly is the second city of hip hop. Yeah, what was going on in Philly was going on in New York at the same time. So park jams, we had park jams. Sound systems, New York had and Philly had it, and we also had relatives that was traveling back and forth. So everything that was going on there was going on in Philly at the same time. Right. And that I've gotten word from like Charlie Ahern said he remembers a scene being in Philly before New York, you know, so it's always been going on. So I started seeing Graf in 78, started seeing DJs really about that 80 mark, you know, started DJing in 81, got my first set of turntables in 82. How old were you when? when uh... 11 years old when I got my first set of turntables. Yo, that's dope. Yeah. So I got them. I got got them for Christmas. I got one turntable and a mixer. And I would just cut and cut to a tape deck. And then a couple months later, I saved up a little lunch money, bought a second turntable, and then I had two turntables. And it was written. You just were DJing your ass off. Yeah, because like, I was hanging with like the young kids that, that I was going to school with. Their older brothers had turntables. Mm -hmm. So this is what I was doing. I was seeing this all day. You know, we would leave school, and then we would go to their house and practice on their brother's equipment. Bet, bet. Man, I mean... Uh the reason that I didn't start off with turntablism and I kind of turned to b-boying and, and, you know, the other elements, mm -hmm. graffiti, is because, like, one, you know, you could steal cans and you could make mm -hmm. your own mops and shit. And breaking is just, you know, explosive body gestures. You just need sounds. But, like, turntables were expensive. Like, but keep in mind, know? I was doing all four at the same time. Yeah, Because that's what we was doing. That's but how it was, though, That's right? how it was. Yeah. But, like, turntables, my first pair of turntables was Technics SLB100s. They was, like, $75 each. You know what I'm saying? So if you get one for Christmas, yeah, then you save up some lunch money. You get another one for Easter. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> it, what, are you, what are you spending on right now? Your home setup. Still 1200. 1200. Still yeah. the same pair that I bought in the 80s. You know, they're workhorses. They're tanks. They're, they're battle tested. Yeah. It's the quantum physics of. Yeah. Yeah. They're battle yeah. tested. It's like, it's like I used to work for BMW back in the day. BMWs were tanks until 2000, and then they became electronic and all, and like so they're not tanks anymore. Right. But post pre 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 2000, they were tanks. Word. So they lasted forever. 1200. No doubt. 1200s last forever. No doubt, man. Like, uh, what do you think about the new uh, 1200s? This came out. They seem overpriced to me compared to the new OEM, the super OEM joints. Here, here's why. I, a lot of people complained about pricing, but here's the thing. Technics 1200s will forever last. Right. And when they first introduced them, they were for the audiophile. Right. They cats. were not. Yeah, they were. They, they weren't, weren't for, for the DJs. DJing at all whatsoever. Right. So I look at people who complain, even if they were $500 each, I don't know anyone who's buying a new pair of turntables because their old ones still work. That's right. So. For people to complain about the pricing when you weren't going to buy them anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm not buying them. I don't need them because mine still works. So why would I buy a new pair? Right, right. You know, so I saw a lot of people, oh, man, how, what? 
how much why are they sold so much yeah. are you buying a new pair yeah. no because you haven't bought a new pair in 20 years right because your old shit is still perfectly it's still fine perfect. yeah yeah so that's like fine. saying i remember you when, might have to replace like the rca on it but you know, exactly you i remember when shelto adidas was 24.99 am i crying that they're 79.99 yeah, now yeah. no right my right. first car was a honda accord it cost me fourteen thousand dollars that was 1990 am i mad that my 2000 whatever honda accord now cost me 30 right. grand no parts aren't cheap anymore like right, it's right. like so you buy for you you buy what you, you get what you pay for and techniques last forever no doubt i just uh you know i feel like there's so many other options on the market like either buy a pair of old techniques or exactly like get, get a different super yeah. for a cheaper price if you got a complaint yeah but I'll, like we, there's more money in the world now than there's ever been Word. i had to save lunch money to buy records as a kid now parents are buying things for kids so there's more money in the world now. Right. So if you have to complain about, you know, in, in 86, 87, the most expensive pair of sneakers I bought was Tennis Gucci 84s. They were $110. Mm-hmm. And patent leather top 10 Adidas, which was $75. Cats is paying $250, right. $300 for sneakers now. Right. There's more money in the world now. Right, right. With inflation, though, those those Gucci joints is probably like five. Exactly. No doubt. No but doubt. keep in mind, the quality of product was better back then. True indeed. Now the quality is the worst pair of leather you can buy. Yeah. You know, it's $10 to make a pair yeah, of sneakers. Yeah, those, that new leather is trash. Exactly. Those are trash cows that they're they making that leather off. Yeah, word, word. so you, you get what you pay for. No doubt. You, you, uh, you're self-titled The Nostalgia King, mm-hmm. right? Where does this come from? So... Previously, I threw a party starting in 2007. I had a party called Hot Peas and Butter. And the concept was all funk soul 45s. And we would show visuals that were pretty much nostalgic visuals, whether it was movie trailers from the 60s, 70s, 80s, kung fu flicks, you know, cartoons, the whole nine. And that all came from my VHS collection because I like my VHS archives. I've had a VHS since 83. So I've been recording TV Yo, shows. Yo, you've got all everything. this stuff when you were like hella young. Were you selling? Were you, how were nah, you getting all this nah. shit? Well, well yeah. I didn't personally have We just had one in the house. Okay. But I was just recording nonstop. You know, okay. like so everything that was coming on HBO, when HBO was brand new, we had just cable. Catch it. Yeah, I was okay. just catching bad, Kung Fu bad. Flicks, the okay. whole night. So I was recording everything. So it was a nostalgic thing because my part, the concept of my party was to take people back to when parties were good. Okay. The, the the basement parties with the red yeah. light bulb, you know, right, right. the last hour you playing all slow jams. Right. So before the, things were mediated by people holding cameras ex- up and trying to capture exactly. all that. Right. So fast forward a little bit later, you know, people were like, man, it's nostalgic. And I was like, because I'm the nostalgic king. And I just started running with the nostalgic king title. Right. So from there, it was like, you know what? I just need to always keep everything nostalgic, but future nostalgic at the same time. You know, I want to be ahead of people. But I also want to go back and be like, yeah, you weren't even up on this then. So let me show you why, you know, and connect well, the dots now. now. Okay. Yeah, so that's the concept of Nostalgia King. In the Nostalgia King, you also have a website, which is right. a, a blog that you update frequently about right. your journeys and travels as a, as a DJ. and As a, well as I review all these records right. from all these independent, you know, funk, soul, jazz, hip-hop labels. Okay. You know, because once again, in that world of independent funk, soul, jazz, and these indie labels, there's no media outlet to review and promote these labels. I'm one of the few 
Okay. You know, that's yeah, I doing mean, it. it. Yeah, you really just don't see it. And, and uh, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of jewels that you're dropping in the blog. Right. And that's just the nostalgiaking.com. Nostalgiaking.com. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, you know, I review, you know, my food. Yeah. You I know, see the my, burger posted my and everything. My favorite burger yeah, spots, yeah. you know, yeah. um, music, you know, just culture in general. You know, okay. because as a DJ, the number one job is to educate the people. But as a world traveling DJ, my job is to educate people around the world to other cultures for people who don't have the opportunity to travel to other places. No doubt, man. I really appreciate it. And you drop a, a lot of information. You're one of the people who uh, I look forward to seeing posts from on my Facebook timeline, because usually I notice that a lot of our thoughts on things that happen within the culture are fairly adjacent. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm rocking with it 100 percent, man. There's, I appreciate that. I think I think Japan is maybe like a great place for you then, because uh, while they're because because they're such an old country, they have this rich history of tradition. And there's kind of like this cultural collective memory mm -hmm. through um, rituals and practices that they've continued right. since, you know, centuries ago. But also they're kind of uh, at least in the past, they've been known to be on the cutting edge right. of the future and progressing the world in technology and so like it's kind of is that dichotomy mm -hmm. that you're almost you know yeah. producing well like, people always say they're like man you're more japanese than we are i get that a lot just because my appreciation for everything you know in japan and they're like yo you, you just know more than our youth know and you you you're up on everything that we should be up on but we're not up on so Word. I get that all the time, like, yo. I know we talked about this before we started recording, but can you clarify that? Like, what exactly you mean when you say that? Well, so every year when I come to Japan, my tour is called the Magmatashi Returns Tour. And for people that don't know, people in Japan, I'm sure, know Magmatashi. In the States, it's Space Giants. Um, and it was a TV show that came on in the late 60s, and it was basically uh, this family, Goldar, Silvar, and Gam. And their job was to protect the earth goldar from the power range no see see you're a 90s kid um, <laughs> that, true indeed yeah right so his job their their job was to protect invaders you know earth from invaders so we're actually i'm in seoul korea one time with djt who was one of the og b-boy djs in japan and mr sue from the company Suewear, who just happens to be ichiro's the legendary baseball players brother one went in the baseball oh, one sure. went in hip-hop i mean noble endeavors right <laughs> so we're at dinner one time and we're like we're in seoul korea and we're talking and you know kaiju comes up and i know what kaiju is most people in america don't know right. unless you know right and kaiju comes up and i'm like oh yeah you know i used to watch ultraman and kind of i feel like everybody knows ultraman and i was like yeah you know and magmatashi was one of my favorite shows so mr Sue goes what and they're, they're bugging me, and they're like, yo, how do you know? And I'm telling them the history. And then he was like, oh, when Scheme comes to Japan, we must call him Magmatashi. So yo, I was I like instilled that. the name Magmatashi. Right. You were bestowed that name. Bestowed yeah. the name. You know, so, you know. A so, tremendous honor. Yeah. So yeah. for them to do that, it was like, yo, this is so every year my, my tour is the Magmatashi Returns Tour. Mm. So I've been on Japanese culture since day one. Like, you know, all of the shows, all of the anime shows, uh, Star Blazers, Speed Racer, you know. Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets, Gotcha Man in, it's yeah. in Japan. Um, up until like, yeah. like I was on, yeah, Loop and all that. Like I was on Akira and Fist of the North Star when they first dropped in America when people weren't on manga. Word, like, word. first, like I had the tapes and that store Japan Animation in America in Philly. You know, I was copping everything there. So mm. my, my knowing of Japanese culture was already there 
before I even came here, before I even had a passport. Okay. Well, shit, man. That's uh, that's pretty dope. Like, uh, I, you know, we're we're a little bit younger than you are. You've been doing this for a long time, man. Like, when's the first time you came to Japan? Two thousand eight. Two thousand and eight. I came out here to play um, the Circle Prince event. Not familiar with Circle, the Circle Prince. Circle Prince was is that a, is that a b boy event? Yeah. So there, it, Circle Prince started in um, Lausanne, Switzerland, by this crew Seven Dollars, and they just started doing prelims kind of different places and my homie katsu from japan and anija actually was throwing uh, my, my wife is friends with katsu Her, oh, okay. my wife is uh in convent crew the okinawa okay. crew yeah you probably, you probably know those yeah. guys yeah so they were the first people to bring me to japan and then oh. after that it was like it was on after that and you still frequently do b-boy events i think i saw that you did freestyle session last year yeah or well so. i've i've kind of cut back from doing all the b-boy events because it's just not the feeling it's become more of a competition sport thing mm. than me just playing music and people just really feeling right getting open yeah in the cypher so i, right. I kind of like freestyle session i always do flow more anniversary in finland i always do mm. there's certain ones i pick and choose yeah but i had to like cut back because it's it's, it's it's like the feeling wasn't the same okay. anymore i understand it man like b-boying is a weird microcosm of itself now it's like before the b-boy event used to be kind of where everybody like the whole culture would culminate you know like, right i went to i went to freestyle session two uh way back in like 97 or something it was like mm -hmm. one of my first events and around that time b-boy summit and freestyle session were like two of the the main dopest events and that and like rock city anniversary yeah. or whatever yeah um but yeah that shit used to be super dope yeah like, are you in rock city i'm in rock steady You're a rock i'm rock steady all day hold on hold on hold on <laughs> Yo, like as a kid, of course I idolized those guys. So did you know I. What I mean, I idolized all those cats. Uh, like even from the, being a West Coast kid, it's like you know my b boy name was Omega Legs, and that's wow. after the God Crazy right. Legs. You right. know the Legs tra right. tradition. Right. That's the family tree I, I've stumbled off of. Yeah. Yeah, I was Omega Legs back then, man. Yeah. Rockstar, yeah. man. Okay, word. I, I mean, yo, we should actually get random Mike just in case he wants to speak into it every once in a while too. Yeah, but for sure. Uh, let, let's let's do that. Oh, but, we didn't announce the new additions to the. Room. Yeah, I don't think we did. But uh, we have some. ran from the last episode our fireside uh, chat best albums that ever yeah. did it from 2010 to 2019. Uh, average guy named Ran. Average guy named Ran. Doing a photography. I'm not sure what's going to come from it, but I hope it's beautiful and then you get my good side. So we're not, <laughs> we're not, we'll, we'll definitely share that. Hold on. Let me pull this under. Are you going to go through? Okay. And uh, his friend who maybe has a superhero name. No superhero <laughs> she name? Does she does not. Oh, my name's Rachel. Rachel. I can't ever say Rachel without trying Picking to sound up. like Batman. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Rachel! Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> Yeah, yo. swear to me, <laughs> right? <laughs> yo, uh, yeah, yeah. We we gotta stop doing that. <laughs> hey, that custom world yeah, four. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. But but um, so talking about yeah, geez, I was on a b boy tangent, right? Rock, Rock City. City crew. Yeah. yeah, you know, just just like. How did you? I don't even want to hear about how you got into Rock City because I'm sure that your travels have taken you to places that I can only dream of. Um, nowadays, what are you doing? I saw you you bring like 300 records with you every time you travel. Yeah, yeah, I'm still rocking parties, man. I'm still mostly all vinyl all, all the vinyl, time. All vinyl. You it and you and Coco are like some real G's with homie. that shit. Man. I was at his wedding. <laughs> <Word>. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like, like 
I'm a vinyl dude. Like I, I still have Serato. Okay. I still have Serato, and but the, when I do Serato, it's because I'm playing music that I typically I would never buy on vinyl. Or if I have to do like a house night, yeah, I can't carry that many house records. Right. So then I'm doing Serato. But if I'm doing funk, soul, jazz, rare groove, I'm playing all vinyl. I love that, man. All oh. vinyl. Like uh, no can sets, you're already always off the dome. Yeah, because every party's different. Yeah, and you feed off the energy of the room differently. So sets, I don't believe in sets. I've I've heard DJs that rock sets, and I'm like, I just heard you do this last week. That's kind of trash. You Especially know? if you're a dope DJ and you're getting paid for that. Yeah, but like, see that if they taking the easy route out, you know. For me, I'm like, certain points in the night is where you want to go certain places, like. Yeah. A club in Philly or, or New York, and it's two o'clock. You in your reggae zone because mm. it's two o'clock. You can't go in the reggae at eleven o'clock. But if you put a set together, people will. You know, you're not really taking people on a journey. Sure. And I'm all about the journey. How with can people. you? How can you? Like one of the most major components about being a DJ is being able to read the room. Right. So how are you reading? How are you reading the room? If well, they're not. Can't say. That's the right? thing. They're not reading the Word. room. They're getting a check. Yeah, so it is. They're, they're taking the easy ambience. route. They That's don't want to think. Yeah, I'm Trash. all about thinking. Like I want to read the room. I want to interact mm. with the people. I want right. the people to feel yeah. good. And if I see them feeling good, I'm gonna take them up another notch. Let you them know. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hold on. Well, I gotta. I think I gotta drop for that. Fix that shit. <laughs> Quickly, <laughs> expeditiously. Yeah, let's get that one more time. <laughs> Fix that shit. Quickly. Expeditiously. <laughs> Expeditiously. Yo, I was going to ask shit. for more 404. Yeah. <laughs> they need to fix that shit I'm, quickly. I'm very pleased. Expeditiously. <laughs> I, it's just a weird kind of thing about the culture, man. Uh, I know that we have your blog and we can hear all about your DJ journeys and your thoughts on DJ. I want people to definitely go check that out. Uh, for more thoughts on uh, for, for more thoughts from you and uh, your general journey and your musical taste is impeccable so I want I want everybody to go check out the Nostalgia King I do have a couple questions for you about the kind of nature uh, the state of hip hop in your opinion because mm -hmm. you you said you started um, you started DJing in 82 and yeah. in, in 80 or 81, 81. 82 mm -hmm. and so at that time it wasn't like yo this is hip hop culture let me jump into hip hop culture and Brooklyn Terry has said this before like he didn't know he was hip hop he was just doing what his community the people in his community that he liked were doing and building with them right and it would later become you know fashioned into a term that was digestible for people mm -hmm as hip-hop mm -hmm. so you seeing the evolution through every era mm -hmm. of hip-hop at this point you know yeah when when did when did uh um the the sugar hill gang should come out like 71 no 77 79 79 yeah. so i mean you're right there like that's yeah. sylvia robinson right yeah like producing that shit. you're you're right there as it occurs uh, let me let me see if I can. If I, let, I I put some questions together, but let me see if I can see where I want to start. Let Let's get like, what are your general thoughts on the state of hip hop culture now? As a culture now, I, I don't think it's a culture for the masses. If you grew up in a certain era where it was labeled as hip hop and you still follow it, it's hip hop to you. But as a whole, to the masses, there is no culture going on. It's unrecognizable to that degree. Right. It's there is no culture. It's it, 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 hip hop means to you what it means to you, but it definitely doesn't mean the same thing to the next person. It's like it's, it would have meant before. 
before it seemed kind of like it was like we had kind of like a hierarchy of direction. Like right. at the top of the the pyramid sat like all these cultural figures right. that would you know drop jewels and then we had like other kind of gate not gatekeepers but you know people who you know made sure that the gates weren't stormed by outsiders right. and and culture vultures and mm -hmm. people exploiting the culture and they educated us on what not to do and right. what not to allow and and what was kind of you know funny style right and let, 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 let's hit each one of these uh, first here's a question I grew up as a four element cat. I've fre frequently heard people say it's five elements, like the fifth element is knowledge or the fifth element is fashion. I've heard people say it was beatboxing or double dutch or whatever. It's four Chris elements. Four elements. It's I'm a four, four elements. Chris Brown is the fifth element of hip hop, right? It's I'm four elements. I'm a four elements. element guy myself right. too. Not not the knowledge or, you know, the knowledge else. none of that. It, no. That's a later thing. Right. I it's, mean that it, that fits under It's the other four terms. elements when Bambada took this thing on the road in the first rap tour hip-hop tour went on the road he sold it as a package of djing mcing b-boying craft that's that's, that's what the four i elements so let's start at each one of those elements and break down your thoughts on where you think they are in the culture let's start at b-boying what are your thoughts on b-boying as it exists now or like what are the changes or just general thoughts on it b-boying as it exists now is no longer b-boying in the sense that we knew it as it's just breaking now. It's whether you're in the club or whether you're in the competition or whether you're in the Olympics. It's just breaking now. Is there really culture in that? No, people are just doing it just to do it. The mm -hmm. same way how when I first started going to house parties, and when I say house parties, I mean like house nights. Yeah. In 88, you had house dancers that were into house. They dressed a certain way. You know, now you go to, you go to nights that there's house music. None of these people are house dancers. Mm. I don't they're, see a lot of house culture in Japan. There's because there really is no house culture anymore. There was a certain way that you dressed. There was a certain look, and you listened to house music and you knew the artist. Now, if you're in the house, you're either a competition house dancer, or you're just going to a club that's playing techno and house. But there's no house yeah. culture. I know hella house dancers out here, but they're just they're house dancers. That dance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why I be feeling a certain kind of way when I see people with like the hip hop uniform. Yeah. I'm like, it's of almost course. the reverse of that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's it's no longer a culture. It's just something that people well, People like, do. Um, the dancing element is almost gone because it's competitive, right? Like you look at a lot of the people who are able to pull off the most technically proficient like power moves. Like you look at super dope cats like Pockets, right? Mm -hmm. From from Korea and shit. That motherfucker is like a human dynamo. Mm -hmm. Like he is doing the like what should be physically impossible, yes. but he's mastered that. But to like for a b boy like of my era, like styles usually beat power yeah. mm -hmm. because yes. because styles are more musical yep. than than power, right? And so you look at him struggle through 15 seconds of trying to top, top rock, rock yes. and then just go into his power set, which is not on beat. It's just super fast. Right. And it's like it's he's like a breakdancing algorithm. Right. And there's no soul there. And, to and me. that is the thing. The difference between the two is you either have soul and you can dance or you can do a bunch of power. Yeah. Yeah. And the dance is supposed to be social. You went to the clubs. If you if you talk to Crazy Legs and them, like you went to the club to get girls. Your breaking was to impress yeah. girls. Yeah. So if the DJ played music that was conducive to you breaking, you went and you broke. And then when he played R and B or he played disco, you went, 
you got a drink, you did drugs, you go yeah. talk to girls. Right. And then the music came back when you went to go break again. Now it's like people want to break, 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 break. It's not yeah. social. B-boys don't go to clubs. Why? We were club kids. How is I haven't been to a free, I went to a freestyle session that was here in 2014 I think. Mm -hmm. How are they in America though? How are the b boy like? How is free? I, I used to look up to Cross. Like I don't right. really know the man, but I used to look up to him because mm -hmm. what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Like same with like Asia One and all mm -hmm. those cats, right? Mm -hmm. Back then they used to facilitate like a really magical thing. It was like it was it was uh, like that a temporary autonomous zone, like an immediacy of right. culture, right? How is it now, though? Everything is more commercialized now. Yet, Cross is one of the few peoples that when he does a freestyle session, he's got the break-in room. He's got the pop-in room. He's got graph writers. He still incorporates all of, that? All of those things in okay. there. So it's still, even though it's more commercialized, just because there's more money involved yeah. in it now, he still brings all of the elements. He tries in. to keep it together. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, I'm waiting for Whereas him to come Whereas some of you go here. to some places and it's just like, yo, it's breaking. And it's just Word. breaking for 10 hours of yeah. just breaking and breaking. Yeah. You know, yeah, and there's then, no culture. You know, we used to have like, you, like you see a magical like MC cipher just emerge. Right. You know, and then it would be rocking for like 15 minutes. And you find out like, oh shit, that's fucking... LA cool right, right there you know what I mean right. it's like, yeah, but it's that's like the other real. reason why I love Freestyle Session is because it still feels like back in the day where all walks of life were there you're mm. getting the hip hop dudes but then you're getting the gang dudes right. and you're getting the writer dudes just because they all respect Cross right, and it's right. like yo Freestyle Session Right, right. when you go to these, these competitions now they're not hip hop right. competitions they're like yeah. break dance competitions and you're yeah. only getting Break dancers. Yo, back in the '90s, I was uh, into aggressive rollerblading, and Cross mm -hmm. used to be cool with uh, Brian Bell, who used to do a lot of the production for the freestyle session. So at the end of like a freestyle video, you'll have like a Brian Bell fucking uh, hip hop aggressive rollerblading right. thing, you know? And it's like uh, I feel like on the West Coast, a lot of the um, the hip hop heads were mm -hmm. aggressive rollerbladers, right? And less more like with skateboarding. Whereas the East Coast, I think it was a little different. Yeah. But yeah, man. Okay. So. All right, let's hit the another element then. Let's go on to uh, let's go on to rapping. What do you think about hip hop, the the state of rap culture right now? It's still blossoming, even though there is a heavy commercial presence. There's still dope MCs that's Word. doing. There's a, a cat from Philly right now named Del P, and he's dope. He's my pick for like the next thing coming out of Philly. Okay, like he's bananas. Like lyrically, he's dope. His message is always dope. Like he can either come raw or he can come like, let me just spit some knowledge to you and be conscious with this. So I love that dude. He's just, he's he's a thoroughbred. But there's there's still dope MCs out there. Yeah. You know, there's one of the most consistent cats around, Master Ace. We were, Layden and I were having a conversation a few weeks back and he asked me, um, who do I think is one of the most criminally unheralded MCs of all time? Like who would be number one? And uh, we were both kind of agreeing, like, Master Race has got to be up there, man. He I mean, is. he's in the symphony, and he follows that all the way through to, like, last year. Yeah, you know? but the so. thing with Master Ace, he's never blown up to go pop. He's just stay consistent, and yeah. that's the key, staying consistent. No and just do what you do and having your fan base tour once, twice, three yeah. times a year. Is that your favorite MC? Who's your all time? Give, give me, like, a top five favorite MCs all time. Ooh, top five favorite MCs. Oh, before we do that, did we ask who his favorite MC was when he was 15? No, but you should answer that, too, please. Favorite MC when 15? Ooh. So that must have been, like, 85. Yeah, favorite MC at 15. 
Oh, you know what? I'm I'm not even going to debate. Favorite MC probably from the beginning to around that 83, 84, 85 mark, Kumo D. Because Kumo D was slaying everybody. Mm. Everybody. Yeah, he was the guy back then. And then the, the, the LL Cool JB. And then, yeah, but then the times changed. Yeah. And then, sure. you know, so after that, then I'd have to just be like, it can be a, a, a combination of a bunch of people. Rock okay. him at that time. KRS at that time. Like, there was a lot of people that was yeah. just. Well, I mean, they call it the golden era for a reason, man. Like, right. all, the, the creative the creative energy and the biodiversity and the originality of styles at that point is like you take any of those cats cool g rap slick rick yep. big daddy kane yep. rock him krs uh, even ll at the time you, yeah. you talk about any of those cats and they're like an aspect of hip-hop that is different from each other you yep. know what i mean but also extremely top tier at what they were trying to do yeah ll is like the original drake man that motherfucker is. is like you know he harder is. than drake he's though, harder than drake you know but i mean like that lover boy style and handsome kid and shit. it worked yeah and he got respect he for it yeah well when you make a track when when you got the ll arms and you make a track called <laughs> mama said knock you out motherfuckers <laughs> probably going you know right yeah cannabis was surprised right <laughs> yeah but word okay shit let, let me get another couple mcs that you like what, what about some more like 90s era so cats? Who did you like from 90s, 90s era um i've always messed with and love dilated peoples Shout out Rock Science Rock Steady Yeah He's Rock no doubt, Steady no You doubt. know I've always loved that Like Real shit And I've told Everybody from Shortcut To Rocker To all them dudes If it wasn't for the West Coast We wouldn't have gotten it this far I'm with you We wouldn't have gotten Because I really, What I really Philly and New that. York did and, and preserved for so many years When the West Coast got involved With the DJs and all and like in that in that era of the dilated and the J fives and all them, that's what kept hip hop. I, I, I truly believe that too, man. And that's the era that I come from. That that separation from the mainstream East Coast sound that was going and the mm -hmm. South rising, all the underground like true school type of hip hop, mm -hmm. do it for the culture, originality, all that shit stayed bubbling yep. in the West Coast for a long time, yep. man. So you guys kept it alive. Shout out to us. Hold on, I got an yeah. applause drop for the gods. <laughs> Fix that shit expeditiously. <laughs> Yo, but yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm I I remember uh this might be an overshare, but I lost my virginity to the wake up show right as the platform was going off. Whoa. It was it was on. So shout out to me for uh, being don't, that much. Don't of look at the only woman in the room. I know it's hey, By the way, I'm not <laughs> a very, virgin. Very strange. I have <laughs> sex. Yo, <laughs> right? You know we, what I mean? But yeah, we, we saw your Real daughter talk. when we walked in. Right, right. <laughs> crazy, crazy thing. Speaking of the wake up show. So when it was being syndicated on the East Coast, I used to work this night job at this pharmaceutical company. Not street farmers. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. The same one Jay-Z used to right. CEO. Yeah. Right. So I used to work night job at this pharmaceutical company. Wake up show used to come on like three o'clock in the morning. Yep. East Coast time. Right. In Hawaii as well. It was on late as fuck for some reason. So I used to set my VCR and record and connect my VCR to the radio and record the whole wake up show. Yeah. And I got mad VHS tapes of the wake up show yo if you ever rip those to any type of platform where i can I'm, listen to I'm it good. i would love to because i got such a fun nostalgic mm -hmm. uh like memory of this thing and it's like it, when we decided to start doing this podcast the reason we have a musical bed is because i wanted it to have the same type of vibe as like the underground railroad mm -hmm. stretching bob mm -hmm. and the wake up show mm -hmm. sway is one of my personal heroes the man. Homie. that's the 
like really just one of the the people keeping it alive yes like his shit is just absolutely when i think of hip-hop that's who i'll be thinking of mm-hmm. like a cat like sway so yeah. shout out to uh shout out to sway man that's yeah it's a god i'm gonna get him on the podcast one of these days yeah I swear to it we were actually in japan together two years ago we were in nagoya for okay. red bull bc1 ah i bet yeah ah, i was gonna go to that one but i yeah. just decided not to go to nagoya and watch that okay so we hit we hit rapping we hit b-boying let's talk about turntablism well let's talk about Let's talk about turntablism and also include just DJing in general and the state of DJ culture right now. DJ culture is in in a weird spot. Because it's both like kind of super dope and emerging with a lot of new technology that allows for creativity, but it's also the barrier of entrance is kind of like hella low. I mean, I DJ and I But it's become formulaic. Mm. DJing Mm. has become formulaic. Let us all play the same songs because this is the this is the hot song. So yeah. all the DJs are going to play everything. DJs today, for the most part, with the exception of some, are not breaking records anymore. They're working on a formula. This yeah. is the hot new song that everybody's loving. Let me play it. Right. But how many of these DJs are getting that new test press or getting that new promo and playing that at the club mm. before everyone? Right. I'm still doing that. I'm breaking records all the time. Right. Every time I come to Japan, they're like, yo, you played 10 records that we don't know. I'm like, it's not out yet. It'll be out in six months. I don't know where that changed, man. Like, that's one of the things. Like, I'm not a DJ. I wouldn't call myself a DJ because I kind of have respect for the title. And mm-hmm. I'm just not there yet. I'm mm-hmm. not technically proficient enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I'm not going to call myself a DJ until I can call myself a little bit of a turntable. Right. You but know? you know the crazy thing? Mm-hmm. I stopped. Like, my technical years was that 80s year when I was cutting and scratching. Mm-hmm. As I've gotten older and my, my style has been more refined... I'm back on. I'm just playing these records mm. because the greatest DJs was just playing records. Right. Larry Levon, right. like all these dudes was just rocking the club. Right. I see so many technical dudes that are extra technical, can't read a crowd, and you're playing cliche sets of the right. top 50 hits from the last decade. That's that's the reason that I decided that I wanted to start playing music is because mm-hmm. I wanted to hear more. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm not really into the clubs, but at the clubs it's going to be like the Billboard Top 40 of the dope and music that, and it's not rocking a party if nope. you're playing everybody's playlist. Nope. That's why like, when I you know, come to Japan gotta, and I do the funk and soul party, and then I do the jazz night, and I do the disco night, and then I combine a whole night and play funk, soul, jazz, disco, rare groove, and one night. That's party rocking. People be tired after that shit. You tired That's of dancing. Party rocking. You got too much soul there. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. put a little bit too much stank on it. So if you come in here and you playing what everybody else is going to play, what's separating yeah. you from the next man? People are using technical abilities as a crutch because mm-hmm. they're so dope doing this. But I'm like, right. but did you hear there? Like, you can, you basically can know their whole playlist before they even play it mm-hmm. because you've probably already seen them before. Sure, sure. So... Yeah, so for me, like when people ask my favorite DJs, my favorite DJs pretty much don't consist of any hip hop DJs. Is that right? Yeah, like I love a bunch of hip hop dudes, but party rocking and really getting it in. Yeah. My my list is like Geology. Shout out to Geology, Giles Peterson because he's breaking records. Um, you know, like, one of my one of my favorites is one of your contemporaries, one of your peers, man. I think Coco is fucking nuts, Coco's the man. man. Coco and Coco's nuts. been the man is for he years. Like, is he like as well respected as I think he should be? Does he get oh, worldwide yeah, yeah, recognition? Yeah. Just making yeah, sure. Yeah, but, I saw his boiler room set, and I was like, that's, that's should Coco. happen. Yeah. yeah. The crazy thing is, it's weird because I've been seeing Coco for years, 
And I've been, as a tastemaker, and I don't even like using the word tastemaker, but as a tastemaker, I was telling people about Coco years ago. And I remember the first time I saw him in New York, and I was like, I went back to America. I was like, yo, this dude Coco's bananas. He's better than everybody in America that's trying to be on that turntable list. He blew my mind, man. Yeah, and everybody was like, no, there's nobody that dope. There's nobody that dope. Fast forward two, three years, people catch wind of him, and they're like, oh, man, this dude. Let me tell you about it. I'm like, yo, don't y'all realize I was telling y'all about this dude? And the first time he came to America, he played my party, my hot peas and butter party, Mm. in San Diego, Mm. and nobody knew who he was. I'm like, y'all didn't see what was going on. He was like, I saw that. Right. He was like, so when people... Expeditiously. <laughs> Expeditiously. So when people try to tell me about what's dope, I'm like, get out of here. I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm come on. No doubt. Fix yeah. that shit. Yeah. Fix that shit. Quickly. Expeditiously. Like Expeditiously. S- yeah. Sidebar. Right there, the Wu Tang joint. Right. Daytona five hundred. Speed racer, Japanese. That's right. The video was also the Speed video Racer. Speed Racer. I remember watching that shit on the box. And when people were like, yo, y'all got into Kung Fu flicks because of Wu-Tang, I was going to the theaters in the, in the late 70s, yeah, early yeah, 80s yeah. watching the Kung Fu flicks. Word, word. No doubt. I mean. You know, like, don't try to tell me about these new flicks you're watching. I'm yeah, like, dude, yeah. I saw them in the theater. I was there. <laughs> I was there. And then they try, to make it, they try to make it bad to be a person that remembered the culture and where it was at before. They try exactly. to make it seem like you're a hipster off of that yeah, shit. Yeah, and man. I'm like, I was like, nah. yo, some of us was just. We was just there. Yeah. We was living the moment. Yeah, I was you reading were. comic books. I was like, <laughs> after the bubble burst, I was still reading comic books. I was following all the trash. Yo, yeah, right? I, I stuck through it. Right. Yeah, now you're gonna try to tell me about what's happening to Thor and Endgame. Right. Come at me with this shit. <laughs> Y'all ain't reading nothing about no Ragnarok. But Yo, anyways, what what do you? Uh, did you have any more? Questions? Oh, I I did want to get his pers- like his thoughts on graffiti culture. I was just hitting those elements, but you know, go bust it. Uh, speaking of movies, since we ended up here, how do you feel about these? You know, geek culture subculture movies. Mm. Like the the new ones coming out, like the the new Godzilla, King of Monsters, or Endgame just came out, or the Speed Racer movie. What do you think about that movie? I didn't even see that movie. It's dope. Cause it was actually pretty was dope. It? I mean, it's dope. not really on like it, it's a whole different aesthetic than the the cartoon, but but the style the, what, 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 it was shot. I, it was visually did. shot. It was right. It's phenomenal. It yeah. looks phenomenal. I think it's actually got a lot of flack because they were maybe People the don't expectations like were high because right. of uh, the Matrix, Wachowski, but it yeah. was. I thought it was beautiful. Okay, yeah, okay. I would check it yeah, out. Yeah, like, I, I haven't seen that. Um, as far as the comic book movies, all the Marvel movies, I'm like, like, I love them. But I'm like, yeah, I was reading the comics, so I know yeah. the storylines, and, you know, I was there already. Right. What you about know? that new Godzilla? I'm looking forward to it. That's an interesting, it. like, I didn't see the first one. What, the last one that just yeah, came out? Yeah, the last one. The American out. one, it was all right. The Shin okay. Godzilla. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. You know what's funny? What is Shin Godzilla? The, the last one, the new okay. Japanese one. Okay, I didn't see. That I was shit. in Japan when it came out. Oh, bet. I dope. make it. A, I make it a point of making uh. sure I'm in Japan when all of the dope shit drops. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that one. I, I mean, I wasn't too optimistic about it though. You know, because I'm kind of a, like Yo. I don't mind the old films. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're oh, just yeah, the fun. old films. The trailer yeah. for that new Godzilla looks so. Yo, they got yeah. Ghidorah in there. They've got all Everyone. of them in there. Rodan, like every. I don't know hey, how they're gonna fit all of that in there. Second. But they've got everybody. Dude, they got my dude Godzuki. Godzuki, oh, Godzuki <laughs> nah. man. Where's Godzuki? <laughs> you gotta have the, you know the Power Ranger like the kids with them. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm fronting. <laughs> nah, but, it's, hey. it's, it's 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 that's gonna be dope though. But yeah, like so like I love the 
what's going on with the movies, but I'm also like, okay, here we go. Another thing that I loved is now exploited to the rest of the world. That's kind of the nature of it, right? Like yeah. everything that's beautiful and untainted finally ends up in ruins and yeah. somebody, and then eventually once the fat is died down, it ends right. up in a bargain bin and then right. maybe generations from now. Right. Shout out to Hickman, everything ends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you both of y'all have already seen the new Avengers film, and then I was trying to watch the bootleg when Scheme came in today. He's like, "Yo, turn that shit off. Just wait. Yeah. Don't yeah, do yeah, that. Don't do that to yourself." Yeah, I you was got, watching the bootleg, like, "Yo, I, this is amazing." You got pretty far into it. So I was like, I was about you, an hour into yeah, it when no. Scheme came through. He's like, "Nah, turn that. Don't, turn you don't want to see Mister Fantastic die in that movie." Oh my god! <laughs> hey, no spoilers. Fix that shit. It's okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. It's I got okay. another he, one. He dies at the end, so it's okay. He dies at the end. <laughs> this is terrible. No, no, I'm, 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 uh, I'm really excited to see uh, Taskmaster. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Silver Surfer was very good in that movie, though. Who did they cast? Hopefully, it's Ryan Gosling, like, <laughs> right. like the rumor mill. For some reason, it's Vin Diesel again. <laughs> Yo, wasn't wasn't Lawrence Fishburne uh, fucking Silver Surfer? Rise of the Silver Surfer? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was the he was the voice, yeah. but I don't oh, okay, know who okay. they got for the body the double. Body. Yo, yeah. see. Did you, did you see what was it? What's it called? Hunt for Red October? Was it Hunt for Red October? The Sean Connery the joint? Subway, Subway, submarine movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the one with um, with um. Oh, the new Lawrence one. Fishburne? No, with Lawrence. No, there's a new one. No, the old one. What was the? There was two submarine movies that you, came out the same. You, you five, five seven, seven one. The one five, with seven, um. One. Not Lawrence Fishburne. Who's the other Denzel. guy? Denzel. Denzel. Oh, th there we go. Ran. <laughs> Average guy named Ran. Hold on, man. <laughs> Best superhero name ever. Hey. Average guy named Rand. So, I think Omega Legs is kind of up there too, though. One, hey. one reason why I love that movie, just the fact that it was a good movie, but the comic book reference with the Silver Surfer. Uh, Do you remember that? I don't remember. I don't think I. I, I don't remember watching that. So, movie. Denzel was talking to this one private class, whatever, and he was he was trying to give him some inspiration. He was like, "Yo, just remember, Kirby Surfer is the original Silver Surfer." And I was like, how many people in this theater actually mm. got that reference but Kirby yeah. Surfer? He was like, everyone knows that Kirby Surfer is the original Silver Surfer. Mm. Like, that's pre-comic book movie yeah. that you threw a comic book reference that only comic no book dudes are going to get. Hey, man, one of my favorite Stan Lee cameos is in Mallrats. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yo, shout out to the Kirby Crackle. Shout out to the gods. Yeah. You know, long gone. But they referenced that in Captain Marvel. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt, man. Where was I? Oh, well, uh, again, what we we're saying is that, like, you know, a lot of times when beautiful subcultures reach, you know, critical mass, mm -hmm. they, they start to look ugly to the people who were there from the beginning. But, yeah. But, but I you know, appreciate it be, because it, it keeps some people working and, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Everything is empty and it runneth over. Yeah. Uh, my last question about I wanted to talk to you about graffiti earlier we were saying how graffiti is kind of the last bastion of actual hip hop culture yes. as we recall it mm -hmm. can you go off on as to why you feel that way yeah well like with graph graph is the last of the real because you're still doing it illegally you're still mm -hmm. out bombing you know you're still getting in wars with other writers like that's still the last of like the real beef you know and cats are still doing it for that particular reason. Whether you're mm -hmm. doing canvases and you're doing galleries and you're making $200,000 off of a canvas, you still put in that time of bombing trains, right. writing on walls. You still did it. So, And you're still being creative and doing what you do. Right. 
on canvases. No doubt. So for I me, that's that. still the last of the. I'm the right real. there. I'm it's, right there with whether you. it's commercial. It's not even really commercialized. It's no. like no, you're selling your artwork. Yeah. In galleries, dudes right, in the '80s right. was doing it. Like you're still doing you. You're still cans and you know. If if it doesn't have letters, is it graffiti? No, it's it's art. It's, it's okay. It's, it's street it's art. Just, it's no, it's not even street art. It's it's, it's art. art because you're still adding. Um, I still feel like you're adding a sense of what you would have been doing on the train anyway. Mm. If you're doing fill-ins, your fill-ins. If you take the outlines from fill-ins, it's canvases. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's impressionistic. Yeah, right. We don't need to see your name every five minutes. Right. Some of the right. best trains that was running in New York didn't have a writer's name, but it had a message: "The Hands of Doom." Right. You just knew who painted it. Yeah, like when I was growing up, like that was kind of a distinction that a lot of people made outside of like if you're in a gallery, then you're selling mm -hmm. out. But like it used to be like if there's no if there's no letters and it's not graffiti. So like Banksy, mm -hmm. who was like doing stencil, like That's he true. might have a yeah. Like I was like, yo, Banksy is not. I'm not. He's not like, a writer. He might have started as being a writer, but he's he, what he's doing now is right. outside of that. Yeah, somewhat. these dudes like Cat, like Crash, Days, all those dudes, scene like and scene, Cope like and they're still well. Cope is. Cope is still a graph writer oh, and no a doubt. bomber because all his pieces still say Cope with the bubble letter. Shout out to Cope. So he's still doing mm -hmm. Cope style. These other guys are doing just artistic pieces, but the way you're, you know, you're blending your your letters, I mean, you're blending your colors, like they're still, they're still writers. Off tangent really quick, there was a Philly writer that used to be, that, that I used to really like back in the day. Is it Agua? Aqua? Oh, Agua. He's Agua? the man. Yeah, he's like one of the top cats in Philly, yeah, right? Yeah, and right? now he's doing... So he got locked he up for some years. Okay. No, he got locked up for, for a couple years. Mm. He got out. This dude blew up on the art scene because he does mm. all his faces, all his smiley faces yeah. and everything. He blew up on the art scene. He's got a gallery. He's selling like... His his hand style is like one of my biggest motivations. Like, the way that he, it's like the top to bottom, like yeah, wicked style, wickets. but then he'll throw like a big face in there, yeah, like off yeah. a so one hand his, stroke. Like. All his pieces now, off his canvas, they're, they're the faces. Oh, he man, does he's all incredible. these different. Yeah, so yeah, Aqua's the man. He's the man. Shit. I, I recall a post recently you saying that, like, if, um, like, if, if you're going to call yourself a hip, I think it was, I, I don't want to misquote you, but you were saying something along the lines like, you should know the graph writers in your community and the lineage in your community yeah why do you think that that is so important because that's 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 lineage that's right. like life is lineage even if you're like if you're a, like a person claiming to be hip-hop you should have that kind of understanding of that element yeah because right. i tell people like don't try to tell me about comic books and a certain character until you go back and read issue number one or the origin story mm. because this dude didn't get his powers in, ish, in issue 181 right you know what I'm saying? Life yeah. didn't start with issue 181. Right. So if you're into what you're into, you're supposed to go back to issue number one. And it's easier no to do that now than it's ever been. Go back to issue number one, read the origin story, find out how this guy became that guy. Word. And then let's have this conversation. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a historian. But, but you have to kind of do your homework you and find homework. out where, yeah. where, where the tree grew from. Yeah. You, you know, it's often said that... Um, hip-hop is a youth culture and the kids are mm -hmm. moving in it in whatever direction it may go but mm -hmm. hip-hop keeps getting older and older folks are still relevant as ever you know jay-z's yes. 45 put out a wildly successful album um so like with maceration keeps on mm -hmm. dropping dope joints so all of their their history the knowledge the skills um all of their talents still remain and it's in a culture that is so manipulated by outsiders that 
that it looks different now than it that it may have without those outsiders pushing it into right. different directions of maybe the worst elements of people of color like poor black kid culture mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so now it sits in this place that is wildly different with a youth culture that doesn't really revere or respect a lot of the aging artists or people mm -hmm. who have established things there's not a lot of respect from there which is very much hip-hop it's it's a you know fuck everything like middle fingers up let's do it what do you think about aging hip-hop culture now it's like being nostalgic and being the nostalgic king of course you want to educate people but like do these kids need to learn this shit like, at this point is it important no at all at this point no because everybody's going to do what they want to do you would think they would you would hope they would and there's always going to be those five kids out of the hundred that's like yo we're into this right here and we love this you know i mean if you want respect and appreciation and, and value take that ass to europe because they're the ones still valuing hip-hop culture it's still those 90s dudes can go to europe and still make a living yeah you know what that's I'm saying? what they do that's and what now, they do they like respect me, the more out there master ace jeru the damages like he's living, living in, in sweet he was yeah. living in sweden at one time and then i think he's living in belgian or wherever he's living but that's the thing master ace still has his fan base of like the real hip-hop kids mm. massive aces fan base isn't the commercial cats yeah. it's the real hip-hop kids yeah i mean i was bumping his album you know shit he's so he's I played his i played his album at the breakdown and shit i played a track right. shit at the break but he's working Marco it. polo joint yeah. he's working it yeah he's still relevant in every sense of the word as he was in the symphony as he is now with his new album um welcome to brooklyn like still do you think there will be, uh, well, do, can you foresee a return to kind of a four element approach to hip hop culture and no. a massive scale? Never. That magic's gone. That's it's gone. too far it's, past. It's, it's, it's gone. And it was gone when it was happening. It was, uh, because the thing is, if you look at the German graffiti writers, they'll tell you they're not hip hop. A lot of them will tell you they're not hip hop because they didn't grow up on hip hop. They grew up techno, pop, right. you know, punk, yeah. and they were writing graffiti. They were artists. First and foremost, you know, if you talk to the old OG New Yorkers from the 70s, they'd be like, yo, we're not hip hop because mm. we was doing this before the term hip hop. Damn. And we was listening to disco. We was listening to rock. Yeah. You know, they was listening to AM radio. You know, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know graffiti. Well, before I didn't know graffiti predated hip hop. Yeah. yeah. That's the first element that, of it all. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the thing. But for me. It's ghetto culture, first and foremost. All that, like breaking, DJing, MCing, that's all ghetto culture before it became hip-hop culture. And prior to being ghetto culture, it was black culture. So that's the first line. Word. I feel like a man outside of time, y'all. I'm like Captain America this shit. I woke up <laughs> and everything was in color. Yeah. Damn. Yo, My isn't lady. it crazy how Nuke came in Endgame and just really fucked Captain America? Yo. <sighs> really? He had the face paint on and shit? Yo. Yeah. Okay, fuck it, man. Hold on, man. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me shit. Let me hit you with a couple questions. I'm. Gonna, uh, these are kind of like rapid fire, and before we go into the break, yep. Rapid fire. I'm gonna say like a word or a phrase, and then you just give me a sentence or a word that okay. comes to your mind off bat. Uh, favorite b boy. Crazy Lakes. Favorite turntableist. Fabo. Favorite DJs. DJ Cash Money. Cut Chemist. Shout out to Cut Chemist. Um, geology. Shout out to Geology. Those beats off of black on both sides. Boy, whoa. <laughs> All right, shit. Um, favorite writer? 
Ooh, favorite writer. Um, Rifle off a bunch if you got it. Favorite writers. Okay, so I definitely got to run with Crash, Days, um, Dondi, um, Bates. Um, rest in peace, Dondi? Yes. Mm. Rest in peace, Dondi. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Favorite era of hip hop? 80s. Mm. Prior to 80. Eight. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ram LZ. <laughs> King, legendary, nostalgic. No one like him ever in the world, in the past, or in the future. Mm, the future, God. Futuristic, the God. Yeah. Do you style. Know, do you know uh, Shin Shimokawa out here? Uh, he used to be in Death Comic Crew with Ram LZ. He no. DJs out here. Uh, maybe I can get you in contact, man. But he he rocks with uh, our guy, Young Richard, uh, who's also like a ninety, uh, an '80s New York uh, club kid okay. guy. Okay. But yeah, really artsy. Um, what? Okay. The term uh, culture vulture. Drake. Everyone, no, every, every, everyone who's yeah, 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 but everyone who's not black or brown. Or or I'm there, with you. Or. Don't get it twisted. There were some white kids, because yeah. the graffiti writer, because oh, the shit. graffiti scene, scene is was, white as hell. Scene is white, but scene's not the original scene. The original mm. scene is black scene from TC Five. Damn, that's the he original scene. scene. No, I'm just kidding. But that's yeah. the original. Oh, really? Okay, yes. I didn't know that. So, the, the graffiti scene was made up of Jewish kids. Yeah, Italian kids. Italian kids. It was made up of everyone. Mm. So, if you're okay. not from the concrete lands. Mm-hmm. You're a culture vulture. Okay. What about uh, industry? Damn, point? Canada. <laughs> Canada's graph scene, though. Yeah. And Canada had some of the dopest MCs in the early 90s. That whole yeah. northern explosion with Chaclair and and Socrates and all them yeah. dudes. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to uh, Chaclair and Socrates, man. Those are fucking... I remember those cats on the Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show. Fucking shit like that. Or, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, damn. Before I go off on a tangent, let me continue with this. Um, industry plant. Throw some weed killer on it. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, the best burger. Oh, best burger. I'm going to drop off a, a few of them. Bust it. L.A., Father's Office. Mm. Father's Office, L.A. Cologne, Germany, Feta Coup, which in America stands for fat cow. Feta Coup. Mm. Um, Japan, there's a couple, but Whoopi Goldberger. Mm. Oh, that's the best you say? Uh, that's just that's okay. high up there. Whoopi okay. Goldberger is high up there. I mean, for the name alone, I'm rocking with it 100. percent And Philly Village Whiskey because mm. they make this amazing Whiskey King burger. It's a burger with foie on top of it. It's just amazing. Mm. All right. Yeah. Uh, your favorite event? Favorite event? Ooh. Could be yours or other. All time. All time. Maybe a party that doesn't exist anymore. The okay, so. The first time I saw Mantronics in Philly. Mm, that sounds that's, amazing. That's hot there. That's that's really hot there. Okay. Uh, power. Oh, but oh. since I'm in Japan, since I'm in Japan, there was a party called In Business with DJ Muro, Dev Large, Osaka Monorail, Bananas. Mm, Bananas. Shout out to uh, t- shout out to Dev Large and Muro. Yo, is Dev Large locked up? No. Rest no. in peace. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I knew. Okay. Rest in peace to the God. Um, oh shoot, I lost my list here. Uh, power moves or styles? Styles all day. Styles, styles always wins. I'm styles telling people wins. they don't notice. Ultra magnetic or freestyle fellowship? 
Ultra Magnetic because Ultra Magnetic started the madness. Uh, I'm Papa Large. Big shot on but the But even Coast. before that. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yo, I just want to say that Cool Keith is like <laughs> fucking amazing. Yo, Yo man. Can I, can I drop a, a, a Cool Keith story? Yes, please. So early 90s, me and my homie Ramos, um, shout out to my man Chris Ramos. Ramos was like road manager for KRS-One, Poor Righteous Teachers. He knew everybody who was in the industry, but nobody knew what this guy did because he was just everywhere. And it was just like, who is this guy? Why, why is he everywhere? Record labels, the whole nine. So we walking down 42nd Street one time and we stopped. And he's like, oh shit, they go cool Keith. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. He's walking out the porn joint. Yeah, the porn store I was gonna say, Street. yeah. And it was just like, yeah, mm. it was just like. Yo, my homegirl interviewed him at a porn spot yeah. before. Yo, some of the best bars of all time. My man literally said, pick it up, eat it up, pick it up, eat it up, pick it up, picklehead, pick it up, picky. Right. Like, Bars. Right. Yo. Nigga, I know you love authenticity in your MC. Right. So yeah. Hearing Cool Keith scene oh, walking out of a porn store must really do a lot for you. Yeah. You know, I, I can I, I really do think that he's one of the like criminally unheralded weirdos of hip hop culture. Yeah. Like yeah. like uh, multiple identities before a lot yep. of the cats in the yep. woo. Like really yeah. legit. Before Doom. Like a real bastard right. stylist too. Right. Like his style doesn't you you can't really trace a lineage from no. it. And he's like, him. The the parallel, the, the closest parallel before him is probably like a Ram LZ, just because yes. the kind of unfiltered yes. just approach to right. just I do what I want to right. do. And I don't so, feel like yeah. he went in trying to be like, let me make up these entities. Yeah. No, he was just like he just did it. Today I'm a fucking crazy yeah. gyne- gynecologist. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really, Dr. Yeah. Octagonicologist. Right. Yeah. So mm. I like that about him. People mm. who go in and they don't they don't have a thought or a pre-notion of what they're going to do when they go in. It's just Word. like, yo, the light switch just flicks on, and this is what the, who they are. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, Critical Beatdown. Go check that out, too. Yeah. Favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger film? Oh. I've been on this lately. I think this is the second All right, so, time I so you this. know what? I still like Running Man. I still like Running Man, like, heavy. Like, yeah, I, I know I can go with the Terminators and all that, but I'm, I'm going Running Man just because... I'm a fan. I don't know what that was. Uh, I'm a fan of kind of that future retro, like that '80s idea of the future that yes. came out in the '80s. Yes. That's why I'm a big fan of like Total Recall because it's like, yo, this is mad futuristic, right? But, like not at all, wrong. right? You Got know, like wrong. wrong. Yeah, like yo, these driving cars is trash, right? right? Yo, but but I, I think that's kind of the way it always is, unless you're yeah. like Philip K. Dick, right? And then and then you just have the foresight, right? But yo. All right, Running Man. I'm rocking with it. Favorite Jackie Chan joint? Um, Snake and Crane Arts of Shaolin or Snake and the Eagle Shadow. Because mm. that's, yeah. that's before the comedy Jackie Chan. That's mm. when he was making real yeah. kung fu flicks. You know, like I, I really got hip to him around like the first Drunken Master. Mm-hmm. The, the What was it? Naughty Panther? Yeah, I think Naughty that's Panther. when a lot of people got hip yeah. to him. I, yeah, that's when I first found out about him. And then it was like, Rumble in the Bronx came out like right. really quickly after that. That well after I saw that. So word up. Um was Magneto right? Magneto's always right. Mm, all right. He's always right. Even when he ripped out uh Wolverine's, Wolverine's Adamantium. Yeah. In yeah. Endgame. Yeah, oh. I was about to say, but did you I was about to say, did you see? Hey, fuck you, like, yeah, man. I was about I'm to like, say, did yo. you did you see what he did in the end game? Exactly. So he's yo, always right. I'm gonna watch that bootleg after y'all leave today. I don't care. No, don't do that. Oh, damn. 
I might have to just go to the theater. I got go tickets the for tomorrow. We'll so, go. Okay. It's only it's less than twenty four hours away. Yeah, but I got impulse control problems, man. I'm real bad with that shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me hit you with some more comic book questions. Um, the Dark Knight Returns or Daredevil: Born Again? The comics. Dark Knight Returns. Killing Joke. Batman Killing Joke. Scrap mm, both of okay. them. Yo, do you think that the Batman kills the Joker at the end of the Killing Joke? Do you think that that silence is the Joker's neck being snapped? I think it adds oh. the story of that being the last Batman story. I like that approach yeah. to it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Blade and I were talking about that. I, I first heard about that from like uh, Grant Morrison's take on it. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's the last Batman story. And when that clicked, I was like, this story just got right. like five times better. Right. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to that. that if you haven't sense. read that one, Rachel, go back and check that out. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Shout out to the Mega Late Show. Uh, all right. Here's another. Okay. Well, let's keep it comic books. What about Grant Morrison or Alan Moore? <sighs> you too, Late. I don't. Grant Morrison. You're going Morrison? Yeah. I'm not a huge Alan Moore fan. I'm a, I'm He's a kind of Morrison. a dick. I'm a Ralph He's Morrison. kind of a dick. A little bit pretentious and kind of hating on comic books. Plus, like, yeah. outside of Watchmen and, you know, other mini runs, I don't really know his right. catalog that well. Right. Yeah. Well, his fucking Swamp Thing is super good. Yeah. Like, like, well. Uh, his Miracle Man. Super. I haven't read Miracle Man. Yo, his Miracle Man is, like... Dark. It's like the first dark Superman story. I think DC or is it Marvel who's been trying Mar- forever to get Miracle Man into the main Marvel. Oh yeah, I think they wanted to incorporate him, but they they re-released the uh, the the series a couple years back. I think they got the rights back of Miracle Man, but that is phenomenal. But I'm gonna go with uh, Grant Morrison too, off of the strength of uh, the multi last multiversity, right. which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Shoot. I, mean, I don't understand Final Crisis, but I it's like you. Yeah, I know it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, reading Final Crisis. Like I have no idea what this person with like the horse head is doing here. Right. Uh, but I'm sure that he plays an integral role <laughs> in the entire canon of. Right. You know, this was a well-researched project. I don't understand, but I'm enjoying this. Right. That's exactly what I did. I was like, this is phenomenal. <laughs> oh, there is a uh, there's a black Superman here. Right. That looks good to me. Yeah, I'm rocking with it. Favorite comic book character all time, Marvel and DC. <sighs> Marvel. Um, we was we was hating on Gambit earlier. I just want to let people whack. know. Oh, was that Gambit true? trash? Gambit yeah, we was definitely hating on Mon Chéri. Hey, my I don't like Scheme does not like the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but the nineties had a good X Men run. Yeah. It had a good X Men run. Uh, Executioner's Saga or yeah. Executioner's Song? Song. That shit, yeah. You know, you know. Like um. Also, that was the Jim Lee, you know. Uh, well, I think that came out in like '89 and went yeah. into the '90s. But yeah, that like was, I have different. That's my childhood. I have like different eras of like favorite characters. Like, yeah, Mister Fantastic was was, but then I loved Thor, in the in the '80s. Yeah. You know, I love the Walt Simonson run. Yes, fucking yes, one of with the best Beta Ray ever. Bill. Like, I love. Mm-hmm. Yo, that only era. he could make turn in a dude into a frog like super dope yeah off top like yeah yeah so i mean thor is my second favorite comic book character like since my childhood Hit yeah spider-man number one and then thor right look for me x-men has always been that that whole like john byrne chris claremont terry austin like that whole yeah. run was always for me like my favorite comic memories the x-men that we know today man that's all chris Chris Claremont, yeah. pretty much yeah. like the, that lineage. You know, yeah. he made those characters. He fleshed them out and made it cool. Yeah. DC wise, um, favorite character DC. I don't. I don't know. 
I don't know like favorite character yeah. DC. Like, I wasn't really a DC guy myself. I was a comic book head, so I was just buying a lot of stuff. But for DC, <sighs> I like the Flash and I like Firestorm. Yeah, see, like yeah. I, I love the Flash. I love like Green Green Lantern. Green Lanterns were t- oh, tough back then. Yeah. yeah, it's just hard to pick one sure. because I liked multiple, but never really loved one over the other. Word. You know. What, what about your favorite uh, like anime series or anything? Gosh, man, favorite anime series, man. When you think about new, newer '90s anime, I gotta go with you know Akira. I gotta go. I'm going with the staples: Akira, sure. um, Crying Freeman, Fist of North Star. Because that, that hip- second one you said, which one? Something Freeman. Oh, Crying Freeman. It was about the yakuza and the gangs, and it was like I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, either. you need to you need to get mm. into that. You need to get into that. Um, but because that '90s era ushered in and connected the two eras together, mm. because prior to that '89 of Crime Freeman and Fist of North Star, no one in America was watching anime. Word. And Akira is like a real legitimate piece of cinema, like yes. fucking magic and excellence. Yes, man. yes. One of the very first like animated, like full length feature films yeah. that That's could the be considered first anime I ever saw. Yeah, and I, I think I saw like uh, Ninja Scroll before that. So older. In Ninja Scroll. So dropping a little another little thing. I I said I'm always in Japan when the the good things happen. So the 20th anniversary, 20th, 25th, whatever it was. I, I'm losing track of time. I was in Japan when they, the anniversary hit of Akira, and I went to go see it in 35 millimeter mm. in Japan. Yo, Scheme, can we be friends, man, and yeah, like just hang out you when like you come out here and shit? Can, can we I get like a, shit, you know a what special mean? scheme, like RSS feed? Right, like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm doing this dope shit today. Hey, yo, I mean, that's you're what, invited. That's what I got to do. Like the Lupin anniversary last year, I was here last year because mm. I wanted to be a part of it. That's what's up, man. Uh, I really, I really appreciate your perspective, and I'm glad that we were able to share uh, share your perspective with uh, all of our listeners and right. shit, man. Where can uh, well, no, nah, we're just going to take a little commercial break. We'll come back, and we're going to make sure that we get you guys all of uh, Schemes RSS feed and where we can find our man and, and check out his Word music. Up. And stuff. Let's take a pause for the cause. Mega Late Show episode seventy three. Fix that shit expeditiously. Quickly. Expeditiously, nigga. <laughs> what up, baby? It's the DJ Legend Molly Maul in the building. I don't care who first or who last. You need to shake that ass with the Mega Late Show, baby. You know what it is. Peace. Are we back into it? You want to bring us in late? Do 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 do. Episode 73, Mega Late Show thing. Scheme Richards. Yep, yep. I didn't know we had Drake in the studio. Uh, ting, ting, <laughs> Mega Late Show ting. Yes. Oh, word, yes. Welcome back to the number one hip-hop podcast in Tokyo. Right. Also representing dope culture and creative people. Japan. All around the world. Asia. That's right. The Eastern, hem- the Orient. The Orient, yeah, yeah. I the think that's one a bit problematic. Podcast. But yeah, I think it's a bit problematic, but uh, you know. Come see these hands. Okay, so what we're going to get into now uh, while we're rocking with the uh, the magnificent Nostalgia King himself, Scheme Richards, is the weather report 
portion of our podcast, which is where we share yes, songs. Yes. So everyone has a song today, I think. I believe so. Yes. So we're just going to play these tracks and it's going to spark some discussion. I think mm-hmm. you said like a coffee table book. Earlier, yeah. Yeah. Something like I that. That was very apt. Apropos. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, did I'm we, with you. Did you we know? both use the right word? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kinda, well, maybe it's like a common. <laughs> it's a portamanteau of <laughs> excellence. This is basically the, the Megalate show's entire aesthetic. It's like a fusion dance every day yeah but uh yeah so we're going to share these songs and then i will take the songs themselves and put them at the end of the podcast so you can listen to them without our speaking uh and who's going to go first today i think maybe i should go first because i don't know how it's going to be received okay are you going to play some drake since we were talking so highly of him earlier yes i got that new drake Mm. featuring uh socrates and (laughs) And chocolate (laughs) yo shout out to uh to those cats Uh, Can I get the ox? Oh, yes. So I've been listening to this MC a lot lately. Her name is Dreezy. Dreezy. Yeah, she's super dope. That's kind of a problem with the name things. Lil Nas X. Oh, yeah. Lil Nas X is a, that's an interesting. uh, Dreezy? Drizzy? Yeah. Better be dope. I'm counting on you. All right, well. This track is not one of the tracks that I added to my rotation list and play all the times, but whenever I do play those songs, this is the track I remember the most. Uh, It's called Wasted, and she's kind of, well, she sings at the beginning and raps towards the end, but the song's mostly about the perspective of a woman, you know, only getting uh, attention from somebody when they're, you know, drunk or intoxicated mm. somehow at the end of the night. I just thought it was really interesting because I hadn't really heard that perspective before. Because there aren't a lot of female what perspective on MCs in general. Just, you know, like being that, you know, that last call, that kind of desperation call. Mm. Dudes don't talk about that at all. And most women don't really talk about it so for somebody to make a song about it i thought that was pretty dope i feel like that's like a pickup artist like things like oh it's the end of the night let's go ahead and try to pick up the like the little the remnants the 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 drunk like ones that didn't get captured yet let's try to find her bring her back to old love hotel yeah the pickup artist man it's a good maneuver right i feel like i heard this person before but i think it's just because it sounds like I just like did everything a, else. Hmm. I just did a weather report on her. Oh, did you yesterday? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I heard that one. Dre- Where's she from? Who who is she? I think she's from Chicago. I think she references Chicago and uh, she has Sasha got Sasha go hard and Katie got bands and Common on her first album. Mm. You you know you're a lot more familiar with a lot of these kind of contemporary um, women rappers than I am. Like I don't listen to like Rico Nasty like that, but you know, this is kind of outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't know. I've been on a. Kick. She's on Smino's new album, so that's okay. You familiar with? She's Smino? rapping now. No. He makes pretty interesting music. Really? Yeah. See, this is like a, this is like um, the less kind of commercial side of 
the commercial scene right now. It's like mm-hmm. it's creative. It has a lot of the same sensibilities of a lot of things in the market right now, mm-hmm. but it also has more. It's it's more dense. And if you listen to the production, there's a little bit more musicality right. than a lot of the other stuff. So right. I find it I find it compelling. And there's a lot of music that I feel is like pop rap adjacent that is not popular rap like that that, that has a lot of good qualities. This right. sounds pretty interesting, man. She's and a dope I take MC. It, yeah, I, I I can recognize that too. Like I I would put her almost with Doja Cat as far mm. as ability. Yeah, you know there was kind of that era in like the two th- like as as hip hop was transitioning from like the '90s boom bap those those second and third golden eras you know like '91 to '93 and then '94 to like '97. As those things were changing, like there was artists who were making music that was kind of getting shinier, track masterish. Yeah, but they were still like really good. Right. That's kind of like the same type of thing. Right. It's, like, it's taking a lot of the sounds that were kind of becoming more popular. Right. And then, but also still having like Beanie Siegel raps over yes. it. You know what I mean? Yes. So like, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dreezy. I would prefer to Wait, hear this than a lot of other things. It sounds definitely, similar to definitely. that. Definitely. She's dope. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, it, for for all the things of me being like an old four element hat, uh, head cat, like uh, I I still really rock with a lot of things. I think there's a lot of creativity, and some people I just like like even though a lot of things point to me that I shouldn't like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm a big Twenty One Savage fan. Like I right. just like the kid. And I was saying I was saying uh, earlier that he reminds me of Prodigy in a way. Mm-hmm. Not his voice. Not right, not right. the type of music, but like. He's a young cat who doesn't always rhyme um, words that mm-hmm. is trying his best to be authentic, uh, authentic mm-hmm. and he has a very ill perspective on the life and the things that he do. Right. And I get a lot of those parallels with a guy like Prodigy, mm-hmm. and it makes me appreciate his music. Like, simple lines. Like, Prodigy was not very lyrical, not lyrical miracle at no. all, but, like, a lot of the shit was just, it, it strikes home because you recognize that's a perspective that seems authentic. Right, And right. it's something, it's like... Even if you're an outsider, which I was to that, you know, Queensbridge, New York, mm-hmm. 90s culture, in the same way I'm an outsider to 21 Savages experiences, mm-hmm. it's kind of a glimpse in, and and I can appreciate that. Right. When, it come, when it comes to gangster rap or, like, uh, uh, reality rap type mm-hmm. of shit, like, that's what I kind of look for. Right. Like, can okay. I believe this guy? Is this right. guy going to be, you know, right. or am I listening to, you know, somebody who is just a John Singleton, yeah. like writing a story about it? Yeah. So we're big differences to, to, to know. Should we roll straight into schemes? Yeah, might as well, since you're already plugged in. Uh, what are what are we? Yeah, what are we uh, going to run today? with Master Ace and Marco Polo Nostalgia? Bet. Now this is off the previous album. They just released another joint last year called "Welcome uh, to Brooklyn." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a Brooklyn, a story. Brooklyn story, a Brooklyn story. Some real wonderful joints on there. Yo, I haven't heard this, but Marco Polo is—he's the man. Nice. Super nice, yo. He has a track with a Big Daddy Kane, "Day and Night," where he sampled that uh, um, "I'll Be Sure." Mm. It's crazy. See, this is fast enough that you could play this at the B-Boy van yep. and people can get down to it. Yeah, speed it up by about 5 BPM and, you know, it's like it really hits. And Master Ace is just one of those dudes that's like just really nice. You know, like it's not like some real 
extremely technical shit. There's mm-hmm. not like that subtle brilliance of like an L's eye, but it's just like the bars just hit on time. He can write a track and mm-hmm. keep a concept and write a beat. And uh, his voice He's sounds dope too, man. It's like the best at that out of the juice crew. Mm-hmm. Concept raps. And well, I would argue that he's the most successful. He's the most successful. And, and has the best career yes, out he does. of those cats. Yep, because he's, he's still making albums. He's, I mean, he's I think that the, would depend on criteria, but I see where you're going. Well, I mean, like he's got like Definitely 20 most years consistent. of... Yeah. He's got like 25 years... Ooh, more than that of consistency yeah of just being like really dope like no real not ever really dropping the ball on a project and he doesn't know? sound like 88 no if when you think yeah. about it all those other dudes still sound like 88 yeah yeah except well it's kind of crazy how cool g rap doesn't sound like 88 but he yeah. still sounds like he did well, in 88 pretty much yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He was like super ahead of yeah. his time. He yeah. actually hasn't changed all that he much hasn't at all. Changed. Like he doesn't. He didn't even get like more like progressive about no. like his like <laughs> social political shit. Like on that Necro album, he's still dropping he's still like the f bomb. Like yeah. you know the derogatory f bomb for you yeah. know people of that community. Yeah, it, it, but he's still like super nice, man. But yeah, but you know. I can rifle off a few Master Ace albums, but yeah. like name a name a Disposable cool G rap arts. album. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Like, you know, besides uh, like Roll the Riches. Son of Yvonne is that is that the MF Doom joint? That's Master Ace. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. I mean, but it's Doom beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, this is like you know, I don't know. I appreciate him more than most of those cats. Yeah. yeah shout out to rap. Doom for still using those same beats from like yeah. the, the first volume he still of got Special it. Herbs. Yeah, yeah. The Special <laughs> Herbs, man, have been special for a long time. They got a long-ass shelf life, those Special Herbs. Uh, Scheme, what is it about this particular track? That you like? Well, because he's bringing it the past to the present and connecting all of the dots and dropping history of certain things that was happening in New York with connecting it to how he's still rocking now and bringing everything full circle. So it's called nostalgia because he's just connecting the dots on everything. So I love that. And Marco Polo is... Marco, this generation of producers, Marco Polo, Static Selected, Jake One, they are what everybody was in the 90s, the Pete Rocks, the DJ Premiers. They are this version, this generation's version of those guys. I can see that. I got to get this track. And actually doing it yeah, it's dope, right? better. Too far. Too far. It Do you is think they're... I don't know if I would say the level is the same. I mean, as much as I like Marco Polo and Static Selector, Static Selector, I'm not super familiar with Jake One's. Um, Jake One is catalog. Tuxedo. Yeah. Okay. He yeah, did. Yeah. He did all of the 50. Not all the stuff, but he did a lot of 50 Cent early stuff. And I know it's early with, like, Freeway and Freeway. Aesop Rock too. Yeah. So Jake One is the man. But do you Jake think One they're is- like? Primo, uh, Pete Rock, they're better versions. They're better versions. Yes. Well, the the thing because those guys, if you hear any of those guys' production now, they still sound like what they did in the '90s. Marco Polo and them took it a step up and can make like these joints, or they can do something like the singing joint, or and it doesn't sound like like typical boom bap. It's more musical to it with it. Swear, man. You know, well. The thing to be said is like with a Pete Rock or uh, Premiere, it's like they kind of coined that type of sound. Yeah, like a, a, a Premiere track is sounds like a Premiere track sounds right. like a Premiere track, and they so haven't done kind of anything like a, else a outside there. of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're they're kind of like um, they're boom bap producers. Yeah, when ability, Jake, one of those guys are yeah. producers. Yeah, Musical when producers. when DJ Premiere works with like Shakira or some shit, right. it's like 
you I mean, but that's kind of like a like one of the dope things about it is like yeah. their signature sound if you try to make like a you can make uh, like premiere sound, it's easy. you know what I mean? It's, it's like easy. that's the formula, right? It's a which, formula. Right. It's These a formula. guys, Static, Jake, One, Marco Polo, they don't have formulas. Sure, mm. that's yeah. true. That's Quincy yeah. Jones. He doesn't have a formula, right? right. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate all of them. Who's your favorite out of? These three. That's hard. That's hard. I like, they're each different. I can't even pick a favorite because they each have hits under their belt and they each just like are their own men. I'm going to have to go with Static. Like, I, I wouldn't bump a whole Static Selected album, but I always take a few songs and like yeah. put it into my list. Well, I, More I feel like Static has a lot of commercial joints that you can, that are still raw, but you can play in a more commercial sense and it's more catchy. He also works with, I think, more contemporary artists. Right. Right, like his one with uh, what's his name, Joy Badass, yeah. and you know, so like yeah. he works with him often. Yeah, yeah, yeah Static Super Nice. How do you feel I about think, Joy Badass? Though? I like Joy Badass because Joy Badass is the connector between that '90s Brooklyn and the new kid now that's keeping carrying tradition on. Like I love that. I love the fact that he's he knows his his roots and his lineage. But he's still dope enough now that it's like, yo, he'll rock with any of these young cats and be better than any of these young cats. Mm. So I love that right there. So he's he's it. And we need that because everybody else, it's obvious who his OGs are in the right. game versus a lot of these other people. You're like, who's your OG? Your OG was somebody who dropped an album last year. And that's who he's not even your OG. You just mm -hmm. like this guy who dropped the album. Right. You decide to become a rapper with with. Joey Badass, it's obvious he used to listen to Black Moon. He used right. to listen to all of this stuff. So that's lineage. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Joey, too, but it really is much like I like him because he is kind of like capturing that that sound from that era. So. And doing it in a proper fashion right, right. in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's so interesting and dope. You know, he has good sample choices. He's yep. he's a technically proficient MC. Yep. just sounds good. Good voice. And so, yeah, I'm rocking with him too, man. Yep. I think, you know, there, there's a few cats who are making contemporary boom bap music in a really dope way. And I've said time and time again that they're just like no matter what type of hip-hop you want to listen to it's available now and yep. it, even within that scene a lot of it is flourishing like if you really yep. want to listen to some shit like this it is not only there but it's like it's dope it's still just as fresh as it ever was it's and it's just available man yeah. the talent is crazy I, i've hated i i was so like fiercely against people that were saying hip-hop is dead because i was like I've been listening to dope hip hop and part of this communities for a whole minute. It's changed absolutely. But, but, but see, like, but see, but see, but this is, technically, it's not dead. But here's the thing: you're listening to rap records. That's not hip hop. Mm. That's rap records. There's nothing about. There's nothing hip hop about a lot of these records. Mm -hmm. This nostalgia song. He's talking about graph writers. He's talking yeah. about. That's more hip hop. Yeah. So. Hip-hop in the broad sense of yeah. the four elements, yeah, that's dead. Hip-hop as an individual element, like yeah. rap, like, yeah, rap is thriving. Yeah. Breaking is thriving. DJing is thriving. MCing is thriving. But them four together as a culture called hip-hop is not I thriving. I can see where that is absolutely accurate. 
I absolutely can see where that's actually. It, it, I mean, it's thriving all over the place. The b boy, we were talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. the b boy community is. It's, it's they're thriving. making the most money they've ever made. It's about yes. to be like in the youth Olympics. Yes, it, it really is. Yeah. But it's also like a shadow of itself, and it's changed so much that is it it's really? It's not. It's it not really that. It's not really that. Yeah. It's not the agenda going in is not the same agenda that it is now coming out. Yeah. Maybe culture and I didn't study socioeconomics or anything, but culture is just like, you know, not really a thing. Like we're like American culture, but what's American culture? Right. You know, it's like Word. black people. There's black culture in America, yeah. 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 but yeah, there's but, no American but culture. Then, but then you break that down. What's black culture? Yeah. You know, well, so, when I try to def- define black culture, we created hip hop. We created black exploitation films. We created slang. We made fashion cool. Jazz, the blues. Jazz. Yeah. There is black culture. But even those genres are like shadows of their former of their former yeah. selves. Well, everything that's beautiful gets fucking McDonaldized, yes. monetized under capitalism. Maybe it's man. more There's like you nothing know, ethical about you it. You know how like uh, languages, you know, pigeons are birthed from creoles. Maybe hip hop was a creole, and now we have all these beautiful pigeons that, you know, yeah, we get to sure. interact with. I mean. Yeah. It's it's all good. I mean, well, you know, because like, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm, I'm know, still doing what I we do. We got the yeah. nostalgia king. That's yeah. right. Hold on, so it's like nostalgia as, again. As long go. as you, as long as you are doing what you do and you consider hip hop, hip hop is always here. Yeah. I just didn't like when Nas was saying it because I was like, Nas, you helped kill that shit. You helped killed it. Yep. I did That's not like the that thing. shit. That's yeah. the and then thing. that track who killed it where he rapped like a fifties gangster. Yeah, right. see, because I'm not seeing. Yeah, yeah, see? I don't like that shit. I, I like I, I was telling you earlier, scheme. I've got a resentment for a lot of people in the industry who are heralded as being like these super tremendously important people. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't make wonderful contributions and mm-hmm. that Ice Cube didn't put out some good music, mm-hmm. but I've seen a lot of shit from Ice Cube that makes me mm-hmm. like, nah. I've seen a lot of shit from Dre and Puff and mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. cats that make me feel like, nah. And even Nas, I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of shit from Nas that makes me be like, nah. Right. And like a lot of my heroes who are more culture to the ground mm-hmm. haven't disappointed me like right. that. You right. know what I mean? My OG like, always told me, don't idolize anybody in your field because I do I don't idolize any DJ because I'm a DJ you're my yeah. peer I don't idolize you now if anything I'm gonna idolize or really respect someone outside of my field I'm a like a, a Quincy Jones a, or well not even that I'm not even I'm not even in the music mm. film I'm going to idolize or really respect a Quentin Tarantino sure you know or in the art world I'm going to respect a cause Word, you know, yeah, but yeah. in the DJ world, I'm like, yeah, I got, got respect for all these DJs, yeah. but I'm not idolizing you. I'm not walking mm-hmm. around talking about, oh man, that's the goat, that's the goat, yeah, whatever. You're not my goat. Find those things is tremendously difficult now, man. Like, when you hear these top five arguments, like, and they're really like serious, it's like, hey, man, 45 <laughs> years of hip hop, like, so many different styles, innovation, influence, yes. and different yes. criteria to judge these things. Like, how would you even? Do it. The only one that I know for sure is that the Rockem is the god. Just leave him there, and I don't care about the yeah, rest of your but, list. But, but but you know what though? Like even in Rockem's thing, Rockem to be the greatest, you have to have all bases covered. When I saw, when I first heard Eric Van Rockem, President, crazy. Heard it on the radio first. I still have the cassette tape with the year written down and Eric being because <laughs> you know. Now the thing is. Lyrically, amazing. 
first time I saw their show in 87, I was like, this is boring. So if, so if your show yeah. is boring, because yeah. he just walked right. around on stage. He was so... M- m- He's also that kind of like figure you yeah. know what i mean so it was like uh okay yeah but krs1 ain't doing that but krs1 was on stage and he was right and i was like yep you your stage show is proper your songs are proper you're the yeah. more well-rounded also krs has had the longer storied career even though he did yes. take that loss to nelly yes <laughs> yes oh, shout out to nelly <laughs> Well, that's what KRS One he did that to himself. He shouldn't yeah. have been coming after that young boy like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it was yeah. a little bit, you know, like, hey man, let him rock with let his Air Force Ones. Let, you know what I mean? It's a whole different done. playing field. But, but that's what I'm know. saying. So like, like when people do the top five debates, I can't do top five debates unless it's errors. Mm. Because the, if without the '80s era, these dudes in the '90s wouldn't be doing production. No doubt. So when people are like your top five, I'm like, well, top five '80s, top five '90s. And that's where it stops. Mm. Give us your top five every year, every five years from 1980 till now. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like that would be wild, yeah, right? Like, like, yo, I got a uh, Curtis Blow, <laughs> Melly <laughs> Mel. If it wasn't for yeah. Melly Mel, there would be no Mike Check One Two One Two. Yeah, he's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I truly feel that you can trace the lineage back to so many different things, man. Right. It all starts from somewhere, and it don't even start at just hip hop. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, shit came from Jamaica too, shit fam. Came from Jamaica. Like, you know, right. like those dub DJs and those those yeah. dance halls was really where it like comes people, from. Man. People talk about like Cool Herc. Like in Philly, we didn't know who Cool Herc was because our Cool Herc that was taking sound systems out in the park was this dude named Captain Boogie. That was our OG. People had doper names sound back system. then. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. our OG. Like, so we didn't know who Cool Herc was. We had sound systems in the park mm. already. Word up. Like, uh, you know, my tentative DJ name, which I haven't really started using, comes from a person who was uh, a club DJ that was predated hip hop. Uh, Grandmaster Flowers. Flowers, yeah. So I go by Grand Mega Flowers. Right. You know, because I think that name is dope. It's, right. I, I could have been Lil Flowers or yeah. Lil Mega. Right, but, right, you know, right, right. There right. was a creativity in that. Right. So, word up, man. Shout out to all the guys that, that created this beautiful culture and, and, you know, like, pay attention to it. That's why I wanted Nostalgia mm-hmm. King here today because his name says it all, man. You should pay attention to where this comes from because once you start branching out too far and you get too far away from the roots, mm-hmm. that shit since, tends to die. Right. Right. So work. Let me go ahead and go into my chip, my little uh, pick right here. Can you come down off that lake? I'll just go into it. Is it fading out? Is that what's happening? Damn, you got that 10-second record break <laughs> effect on there. All right. Word. Um, okay, so my track pick of the day is Organized Confusion, which is Prince Poe and the illustrious uh, Feral Monch. Mm-hmm. Um the song is Releasing Hypnotical Gases, mm-hmm. which is a personal favorite of mine and one that we used to like to break to. It has two movements. Um, the one that starts off with this beat, and then it has like a, a change up about halfway through. And I remember reading about, because uh, they recorded this all on a reel-to-reel, mm-hmm. right? In order to change the beat, what they had to do was actually split the, the, the reel tape mm-hmm. and cut and it another... It. Yeah, they had to splice it and cut it in another joint. And so the transition is a little bit weird on the beat, but this is just, um, you know, early 90s rawness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking earlier about how, like... Uh, I don't know if it was on the podcast or off, but 
how the West Coast had a lot of weird bastard stylers and weird creative people. And the East Coast also had that too, as well as the more conventional MCs. Like the East Coast had like Divine Styler, mm-hmm. um, Cool Keith, and a person like Pharaoh Monch, who mm-hmm. was a really kind of alien MC. Mm-hmm. Like very different. And this track is really dope because there's a lot of lines that have been sampled in other hip hop tracks. Um, uh, they've got the insight, foresight, more sight, the clock in the wall reads, which is the uh, DJ shadow join. Mm-hmm. And just um, you can never begin to apprehend a hologram. Like, right. It's a lot of lines in this shit. But my favorite part is the beat change up because that's when I wanted to hit the dance floor. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I miss I miss the uh, the B-boy cut, the the tracks off a hip hop album that were like, you know, this is like that energy is for the B-boy. This right. is for the. Uh, this is for like what would later be called the backpacker, the kid that was walking around with his headphones on. Mm-hmm. Backpack might have his black book and some paint in it. Mm-hmm. You might have a Protec helmet strapped to it to break with, or you know what I mean, a box cutter. But like all of us always had those backpacks attached to us, like we were always on a plane and needed mm-hmm. to jump out like a parachute. And like this is just yeah, there's that bar. But yeah, so like you know. I would walk around listening to this and it would just put me in this whole world of like, yo, hip hop is really crazy and I'm ready to break right now. I'm ready to write right now. I'm, here's this change up though, but this beat change, oh my God. I mean, don't even talk to me if you break dancing, this is on. Like, don't, don't look at me the wrong way. Like, I wonder if like are they playing this at the B-Boy no. jams, you know? Like why not? In 2010 every man will be subject to global warming. He was right. Years prior. Yeah, this is like 91 or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this speaks to all of my b-boy sensibilities, man. Like this, just this is my energy. Yeah. Most of the time, you know, like there's something about an aggressive breakbeat that just mm-hmm. puts me in this nostalgic space. Like mm-hmm. I feel ten again. And uh, not a lot of producers really get me off that anymore, man. Right. Like, uh, there's a few tracks recently, like, maybe not even recently, like, uh, the drums on uh, LP's Drones Over Brooklyn, mm-hmm. that really gets me too, but, like, it's it's more rare now for there to be, like, the B-Boy type of cut right. Right. on a track. Like, the BPM range is, doesn't really get this fast, no. you know? My wife wants me to DJ at her cruise anniversary party in September, and I'm like, I, I've never really DJed breaks before, but mm-hmm. I almost want to go just so I can drop joints like this because yeah. who else is going to do it? Gonna you do know, it. they're well, going to just. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed yeah. to drop this. 
I, I don't want them to be like, oh, there's that song that I know that I have a routine right. for. I know right. how to do the hand hops right here perfectly. Right. Right. I want it to be like, what is this? And like, right. can you get that? Right. And and I mean, you can tell when they get open. That's mostly why I play music. Like I wouldn't say DJing, but like I know like uh, my library or the things I listen to. Like I never hear outside yeah. of my bedroom. I'm like, yo, I want to hear this somewhere else. Yeah. Like nobody's gonna play this. You know, German rap song or mm-hmm. this, you know, song from Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, however many years old it is. I, I, I want to hear that shit. I know, I know that we're very much on that on that vibe and that wave of just like playing music that people haven't been exposed to because mm-hmm. there's so much of it. We hear it, but mm-hmm. you don't hear it anywhere else. You hear the, right. the regular joints everywhere else. And I wonder why it is like so, especially out here, I notice like nobody really breaks a lot of like dope records and i'm not talking about breaking like you get the you know the promo or the test press and not breaking like that but it's like yo there's really dope songs that people will probably like if they heard yeah. but why don't you play that so that's my whole intention to to dj I'm in public is to play shit that people don't know or something old that doesn't get a lot of play i'm gonna put on that company flow joint i'm gonna put on that ultra magnetic you know critical beat down joint because it's like there's 45 years of super dope hip hop shit going on, and people only want to play the popular shit. Like, why? I don't know, man. What kind of music do you primarily play now? Just funk, soul, funk, rare soul, groove? jazz, disco, rare groove, house. Do you play like a uh, when when you play like a uh, at like a b boy event? You know, I'm still I know playing you don't do funks, funk, soul stuff. Like the foundation of what you know breaks and mm-hmm. stuff was was formed off of so i'm still playing that like of course i'll I'll go into the organized confusion type stuff because that's still conducive to playing breaks and so yeah i'm still doing that but as far as hip-hop nights i'm actually playing hip-hop tonight though um where are you playing tonight at club ball shibuya okay okay um um, who who are you you with at the the plug-in party with um Ponzo, NK Sunshine. Um, I did not hear about this. Yeah, so I'm yeah, I'm playing not. there tonight. So I'm actually dropping it like I bought a bunch of like '80s hip hop 45s. Um, so I'm going through a whole set of like that stuff and. Oh, dope, yeah, man. Yeah. What time is that going down? Uh, was it 11 to what five in the morning? Okay, shit. I might be able to check that out. I was gonna go out a little bit this evening to uh, check out our guys. Yeah, at you the might breakdown. as well. You might as well come out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Shoot. Well, I've got some unchanging questions and shit. Uh, right, late. We definitely have some unchanging. Yeah. Let me go ahead. And so, um, I guess we'll go ahead and start. We we uh, I hit you with a bunch of different questions earlier. Yep. Just quick style. But uh, let's go ahead and start with the first one. How about this? Favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan? A Ghostface. Favorite Ghostface project? Um. Man, you could just take your your pick. Mm. They're all just they're they're all unique. Yeah. And so so I'm I'm gonna just go with Supreme Clientele for for. I think Supreme Clientele is like one of the high, it's like the last great '90s album. Yeah. Even though it came out in 2000, it's right. like the last. I'm gonna great go with 90s Supreme album. Clientele. If you were going to make a biopic about any person in the history of hip hop, who would you choose? Who's not yourself? Who's not myself? Yeah. Um, it would be. It would be. Marley Mall said LL Cool J. Mm. Who did the last guess say? It was a really good answer. Kenbo? Who did Kenbo say? No, the. Wait. 
don't know. Honestly, okay, so it would be it would be Lawrence Goodman from Pop Art Records, from Philly, Philly okay. label. And why Lawrence? So before there was a Def Jam, before there was any of that, there was Pop Art Records. Pop Art Records was the independent label that recorded MC Shan's first song. Roxanne Shantae was signed to Pop mm. Art Records. Molly Maul, Craig G, they were signed to Pop Art Records before they put out records in New York. Molly put sure. out stuff on on Nia on the Nia label, but as far as MC Wise, MC Shan, Roxanne Shantae, Biz, they were signed to a Philly label, which no one talks about. They don't mm. even talk about it. I mean, I'm not familiar with it, and I've read you know I've read several books because they don't like, talk about it because th- there was this whole beef right. that went down. So much of history is lost in that. Exactly. Man. So I would do it on. Lawrence Goodman because if it wasn't for Lawrence Goodman they wouldn't have a they wouldn't have records out because mm. Lawrence Goodman was was in the 70s 80s he had like a label and it was like a doo-wop label mm. and he was doing like electro stuff but then when he got to the hip-hop thing he was the first one that was putting out these records with with the Queens cats no shit the bridge MC chance the bridge yeah came out on pop art records basically word so Roxanne Shantae's first song Pop Art Records. And Pop Art Records was located around the corner from my crib. Hmm. So without him, Where we wouldn't we, even be yeah. talking about... Who knows what the, happens. Exactly. So it would be about him. Yo, Scheme, you should fucking write the definitive book on I the am. history I am. of Philly hip-hop, I, I am. It's, it's, it, Your wealth of knowledge is ridiculous. I, you know? It's you one of those things it, where I'm trying to put it all together, but yeah. I'm, I'm dropping jewels I'll be dropping jewels. I know. So. I know. On uh, quite frequently on on the blog, you you know you you lay some I, shit I, out. I put it out there but, because like I want people to know, yeah. and you know. But you see, the thing is, like, if if you don't do it, yeah, who else is going to do the it? Last and one. that and that history will be lost. I know. You I'm know the last I mean? one because I'm young enough that I was there. And I was around the OG seeing it happen, yeah. and I'm still young enough that hopefully I'm going to live another fifty years. Right. So I can still, I I can still. You got to do that for yeah, because nobody us, else is going to do it, and I yeah. don't have any stock in it to the point where oh I have to lie or yeah. change because I. It's 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 really up to the people who are around these right. areas that need to be the ones that tell the story, right. the ones who are old enough and experiencing it, like. Uh, you know, all over the place, all so many different regions had these like exploding scenes mm-hmm. of just greatness. You know, Ava DuVernay did that documentary on the Good Life Cafe mm-hmm. in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Mm-hmm. Now Ava DuVernay is an Academy Award nominated right. or winning uh, director. You right. know what I mean? And she comes from that culture. And right. We needed somebody to tell that story. That's the thing. Know? The people from the culture has to be the one that, to tell the Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Because a lot of times people not from the culture well, that might have been a fan comes in well, or they see like an opportunity yeah. and they do it you kind of like see what happened with the get down and shit like it started yeah. off pretty yeah. nice and then yeah. it got a little bit not yeah. nice yeah so i i think that that was like a really strong example of us compromising the integrity of our culture people to see money do something man it's people like see i money. didn't i didn't really enjoy it as much as some people no, but I, could, it was I, still, I didn't get past the first episode it, to be honest it was you know um who was it john robinson signs of life john robinson told me he said hey man a lot of people who didn't know anything about the origins of hip hop culture right. probably got a lot out of they that. They got a lot out and of it. And it may have sparked their curiosity. That's what Paul Ski said so, to me. Paul Ski said it helped and it started a lot of people and kickstarted like some people that didn't know anything word. about it. So I'm, I mean, I'm I knew that. that story. Yeah, so yeah. it was for me, it was like, Ugh. yeah, so it's not for us. Right, right. Yeah, so. Okay. How about. Um, if you were stranded on a desert island and you only had two artists or two groups to listen to, which two would you choose? You get their entire catalog of music, and it could be any genre. James Brown, Wu-Tang. 
Yo, that was quick Yo. as hell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with Wu? And when you pick the Wu-Tang, yeah. That's not fair. You get like 37 hours. Exactly. exactly. And James, too. Yeah, exactly. that's brilliant. Yeah, Is that's good. Ghost one of your top MCs? Definitely. From the 90s era? Definitely. Mm, okay. Definitely. Okay. It or, still comes correct today. Okay. Schema, what is your theme music when you walk into a room mm. or down the ramp? At U- Does UFC have ramps? No, not anymore. When you Pride. come through the door at UFC, it's a side door. Yeah. James Brown, give it up, turn it loose. It. Give it up, turn it loose. Yep. I like that. It's got to be. It's got to be. Drop it late. Yeah, drop that shit late if you got <laughs> it. Yeah, okay. um, let's see. If an alien species uh, landed on Earth and asked you to play a single album that encapsulated hip-hop culture, which album would you suggest? Um, James Brown, Revolution of the Mind, recorded live at the Apollo. And here's why. Here's why. James Brown is the foundation of hip-hop. Without James Brown, there would be no hip-hop. Yeah. First B-boy, first MC. Exactly. First- the fact that it was recorded live at the Apollo before hip hop became on records, you had to go to the live performance mm. to see the MC, to see yeah. the DJ. So James Brown's the first b-boy. He is the foundation of hip hop, and that's a live recording from mm. the Apollo in New York, in Harlem, uptown. Great choice, man. So that's so I know a lot of people be yeah. like naming rap records right but i'm like i'm like yeah but i'm like this is the whole thing because he was the foundation and he inspired everyone else without him there would be none of this i feel that definitely definitely feel that i mean i'm never gonna like disagree with somebody when they says anything about james brown being dope you know or or being a reason for some (laughs) shit shout out to james brown man all right what else we got um the prototypical Angel and Devil, cartoon-like. Mm-hmm. One's telling you, oh, you know, be good. You know, treat everyone fair and kind. The other one comes like, yeah, punch him in the face and take his pizza. Mm. Who are these people in the culture of hip-hop and the greater expanses of well, culture? Well, one is going to be James Brown. He's, he's going to be the one. Is he going to be the angel or the devil, though? Nah, he's he's the devil with the with the voice of reasoning. Mm, okay. Because he's gonna be like, "Yo, say it loud. I'm black so, and I'm proud." So mm. the devil. Okay. But he went through that spell of like drugs and, and drinking. He was and blah, a little blah, blah. bit <laughs> reckless a lot of the time, you know. Shout pulling out, out to, guns yeah. on his band member. Yeah. Like so. Sure. He's, he's he's that guy on the on the devil. Yeah. Um, the angel though. The angel. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Crazy Legs. I'm gonna go with Crazy Legs. Shout out to Crazy Legs, yeah. man. I'm Actually, gonna go with Crazy what legs. he's doing in Puerto Rico, man. Right, right. The guy, man. He's Some stories I've heard, you could interchange both of those, and they'd be absolutely. You can't, denied. but yeah, you can't. But see, the thing is, like, that's legs gets a, a bad rap for a lot of things because, like, the legs of the '90s is not the legs of 2000s. Right. The legs of 2000s, like, yo, man, this world is in shambles. We need to do something. Yeah. The legs of 90s when he was a star and it was like everybody was like, hey, legs, hey, legs, hey, legs, hey, legs, hey, legs, hey, legs. That's draining. Yeah. So you become an asshole towards people because everybody wants something. They want to interview the case in point. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson used to go to Fridays every week. That's where he ate every day. 
Friday's was around the corner from my crib. He couldn't go in there and just have a dinner, have a meal, because everybody would be like, hey, Iverson, can I get your autograph? Right. Imagine being a nice guy and then trying to go out and eat, and then every day someone bothering you. Right. You become an asshole. Yeah. You, you, uh, people treat you how to treat, uh, teach you how to treat them. You know what right. I mean? And it's like, right. So, I mean, sometimes that's why Bus is going to yell at somebody. Exactly. Shit, you know? So, so yeah. Rhymes. So, but yeah, you know, so James and Crazy you're right. Lips. They're, they're, they're interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> they're interchangeable. I mean, I, it, like uh, most people are like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the, the, the purpose of the question is not like this person is the embodiment of yeah. evil or you know, right. the opposite it's just like yo like where's that energy at for, right for this for this yeah, right so shout out to crazy legs man i really appreciate what he's doing in yeah Puerto and Rico. he's definitely stared me like there's been the times I've, I've been like oh man fuck that over there and he'd be like mm. nah nah and he'd break it down he'd be like no you can't say fuck that because here's why and it opens up a whole nother world mm. and i'm like yeah you're right word up man. you're right and and he's one of the very few icons in hip-hop He's definitely no, no. the only icon in b-boy. I would say that he is the most famous b-boy. He is the most famous. Yeah. I mean, even above Ken Swift. Yes. Because he's been a little bit more the face of yes. it. Yes. And know? here's the thing. I asked Legs, when I really got cool with Legs back in early 2000s, he told me a story on how he stayed relevant all these years. And he was like, look, when Breaking died out, I was still at every party. I was still at every like award show for like rap records and stuff like that. He was everywhere and he would jump in the picture. So it would might it might be like Russell Simmons and whoever this famous person is. And he would be in every picture mm. and people would be like, Who are you? And he'd be like, Oh shit, I'm Crazy Legs Rock Steady Crew. And they'd be like, Oh shit. Get Word. this picture. Yeah, that's Crazy Legs. So he said, I never let anyone forget who I am. Word. While everybody else went underground, I was like, yeah. oh, man, fuck that. Dog. I'm not yeah. trying to be in it. Legs was in every picture. Right. He was like, yo, I was in flash dance. Boom. <laughs> With a wig. Boom. <laughs> yo, shout out to Crazy Legs, man. He's like, Still like I said, he's one of my like one of my favorite people in the culture of all time, man. So I live by his rule. Never let anyone forget you. Hmm. You heard it here first. Word. The yeah. nostalgia king. That's really good advice. Yo, um, Scheme, you've been coming to Japan since 2008. Mm-hmm. You come very often. Mm-hmm. I feel like this question is right up your alley. Mm-hmm. You seem like a man of the culture. Mm-hmm. You're a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Mary fuck kill. Dun dun dun. Seven Eleven. Lawson's. Family Mart. Lawson's. You know our guy Brooklyn Terry just got food hey, poisoning. Hey, I know. Hey, let's let's <laughs> not know. you know poison the well. Okay, here. so so. Uh, we don't want any slander here's statements. The, here's, <laughs> uh, here's I like them all. Family Mart is the ghetto spot, though. You get the cheap stuff. You get like, you know. But I'm going with Lawson's, and Mary. here's why. Mary, Mary Lawson's. We're doing Mary fuck kill. So you got to put them three joints. You know? Okay. <laughs> the most toxic way no, to rape him, something. Let's let him okay, okay, his yeah, yeah, my bad. But Lawson's, yeah. out of the three, because. Lawson started in America. Lawson song. It went out of business, and the Japanese bought the whole franchise and took it here. Mm. They carried on tradition. That was very because that was Chinese. Lawson's was was like a family owned milk store where you went and got your milk Mm. and dairy, and the Japanese loving Americana 
was like, we're just going to buy this franchise, mm. and it only exists here. I mm, can go to 7-Eleven any damn where. Sure, sure. No doubt. Boston's. Okay, so What's number, number two? number two? 7-Eleven. Mm. Why? Because I can get my pork out of 7-Eleven. I get my sushi out of 7-Eleven. I won't fucking eat out of 7-Eleven in America. Sure. Except no. for Slurpees. Hey, you, know there are, Slurpees yeah? you know there are no wrong answers, but you gave mm. the best answer. Yeah. So that's why. So And Family Mart when I just need a cheap bottle of water for 89 cents. Disappointed here. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yo, I'm so... You're still my guy. Know, You're still my guy, 100%. I didn't know the this wealth of knowledge extended to the Lawson's <laughs> franchise Yeah, in see, America. it's a reasoning behind everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a reasoning. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against it. Like, all of these places are fine establishments, but only one of them gave uh, Brooklyn Terry food poisoning recently. Which one was it? Lawson's. Was it Lawson's? Mm. Okay, but you know what, though? I'm a Family Mart type of guy. You know what hey, I mean? Family Mart's family good, chicken. but... Yeah. But the thing hey. is... Oh, yeah, the chicken and family... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's top tier? Yeah, it is. But the, the thing is... You can get food poisoning out of any place. Mm. Preach. The, the best of the best. I hear people like, oh, I'm, not, I'm never eating there. I got food poisoning. Guess what? You can get it out of the best restaurants. You let somebody else prepare your food. Yeah. I will not have the yeah. franchise of the great Lawson Sama being slandered on my podcast. Yeah. I won't have like, it done. On. It's like, come on. Like you can, you can go to a bar and you can get liquor poisoning. Mm. You need like a black church. It's like yeah. hooping and hollering. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so... It's that one establishment yeah. where something happened, sure. but that's not that's that's. Plus, we all know everyone. Terry's out. In Ma- Machida, you never know what's going on. Why what's going on out there? Who knows? Is what we're saying. <laughs> this sausage might be tainted. Yeah, see. Yeah, so they need to they need to go ahead and quickly fix that shit expeditiously. expeditiously. Nigga. So, so my every everything quickly. that I base my my thing on is always historical. Okay. So. The Nostalgia King. I bet you no one's ever broken that down like that for you. We've had actually a lot of compelling answers, but none were centered around it being like a everybody move from the states. Answers from like their own personal space, right? It's Some a people very are like, choice. "Yo, I can make a custom sandwich in this store." Yeah, or, right, right. Know, all yeah. the shops are near my house, or you know, I'm the food the here appears of, more yeah. healthy than the other, right. or this chicken is bigger or better. Right. Or, you know, mm-hmm. Lawson's is just better because it is, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. People will say, you know, Lawson's has, like, the uh, the annexed uh, different versions of of them. They've got Lawson's 100 and natural Lawson's, which contribute oh. to their answers. Right. But, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm with Family Mart. Just, you know. But you can only go into 7-Eleven and buy action figures. Mm. That is true. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, if but I was also, a kid, I'd be 7-11, like, Seven oh, Eleven. 7-Eleven, for me, suffers because they don't have Slurpee machines. I feel like that would I've put seen them one to... one with the Slurpee I've joint, seen two but... joints what? with Slurpee yeah, yeah. joints. There's, Higashi Kurume used to have a Slurpee machine, but they they shut that shit down expeditiously. <laughs> yeah. What? But yeah. There's two. There's two. I forget where the other one was at that I saw, but yeah, I've seen First two. First time I was out here, I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, 7-Eleven everywhere. Yeah. Slurpee, Slurpee. Well, I was, I was more disappointed with fucking Denny's. I was like, yo, I'm about to yo. go eat some pancakes yeah, right man. now. I, 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 I was, in, the, I was at Nag- in Nagoya, bro. Came out the club. I was like, yo, Denny's will be the, the joint right. right now. Slide in there. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got to get what, a hamburger steak. Where's the steak? menu? What Wait, is going yeah. on There was some pancakes? No. No, none of that. None of that. They've got... They've got, they've got one breakfast meal, dinner. but it comes with a side salad, and I feel like that is a bad thing to have yeah. with breakfast. Like, yeah. you don't yeah. have a side salad on the plate yeah. next to the okay. pancake and eggs. No. This is wrong. 
Oh. Your bacon look all too healthy and shit. Yeah, like, I need my pancakes. I don't need my bacon to be like I my swine needs to be. I need my I need my swine to be <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, like, man. Cause I'm a honestly I'm a three day or three day of uh a day piece of bacon. Yeah. Like every yeah, like Word. I do I do bacon every day. Hey man, it keep you healthy. You kept George Burns alive. Yo, I tell people when people are like, oh, I don't I don't eat pork because it's I'm like, look, dude, at 48 years old. You I don't look a lot, and man. I go to I, I get my yearly checkup, and I'm all, and the doctors always. If like, you told yeah. me you was 38 from my same camp uh, generation, I'd be like, right. oh yeah, scheme 38. Yeah, what are you, what are you and Terry doing? Doesn't make sense. Uh, doing nothing. Good genes. Like I, like I, bacon. My grandparents lived to be like 90s, and oh, they shit. ate they ate pork. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about the grade of things you're eating. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can you can eat fish, and you. Bad fish. All of a sudden, you got mercury poison. Exactly. So for me, I'm like, yo, just eat what you eat. And then I stay around young people. Young people keep me young. Mm. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these little kids in my schools is keeping getting me older. I got all Whoa. these gray hairs. I'm about to slap Tomoyuki. <laughs> no, but, shout out to my kids. They're brilliant and great. But that's the thing. So bacon, man, I love oh, my God. bacon. Yo, Scheme, do you know the, uh, the phrase, acknowledge me, senpai? I've heard it. So there's a trope, especially in anime or Japanese pop culture, where mm-hmm. the kohai, the junior, mm-hmm. looks up to their senpai. And usually it's romantic, but it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. or in a school setting. And they, you know, respect and admire this person. And all they want their senpai to do, their senior, is to look at them and, you know, be like, oh, I see you, you know, props, mm-hmm. you know, and usually they, you know, chase that mm-hmm. feeling for a long time, the whole series. Mm-hmm. Who is your senpai or your senior that if they acknowledged you, it would make your world, make My your day? My OG, who taught me to DJ, DJ Groove, I was already DJing when I met him, but when I got down with him in 85, he's like, yeah, you're doing it. But let me show you how to really do it. He wouldn't let me out the crib to show what I could do until I was prepared and I was right. The first time I did go out and wasn't right, he was like, see, told you. That's why you lost that battle. Did he say? Quickly. Fix that shit. (laughs) And basically, he was the dude that I needed approval from. Mm. When it came to producing, he was the dude that I needed approval from to be like... And I got an SB12 in 1989. Mm. It was his SB12. In 89, he was he got the he got the new MPC60, and he was like, "This is you," mm. and passed me the SB12. You still got that SB12? Still got the SB12. Mm. And he passed it off to me. That's OG status right there. That's yeah. your OG sees something in you, and he's like, "Saw you." I like that. Yo, who gave DJ AJ their Serato? Was it Jesse? Yeah, I am Jesse. So oh, that's hey, what I'm saying. So yeah. he's the dude that I always like, yo. And I, even to this day, I'm like, that's the dude I look up to. Is uh, DJ Groove? DJ Groove. He's, is he still he's around? still doing his thing. He's still the man. Actually, there's a there's a female MC who's actually like loved and respected in Japan. Her name is Steph Pockets. Steph Pockets. I've heard of that. She's from before. she's from Philly. She's from my neighborhood. The, I am very familiar with that person. Actually, I'm familiar with Steph Pockets. That's my little sister. Yeah. So. Groove is her producer and was actually her DJ on tour in Japan a few years back. So he's still doing what he's doing. And yeah. Mm. Is he still giving you props? Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm like the lineage. My lineage is him. 
And he knows I'm the one that's carrying on that tradition. And when the story needs to be told, because he knows all of Philly history, because he's the dude that started and spinning in 78. So he knows all the Philly history. From everybody lying and telling these stories, he's the dude that was there that's like, that didn't happen like that. We need to document this man. So that's the lineage. So that's that's all the history right there. He so comes I, to Japan often? He comes maybe once every other year. But Steph Pockets is here probably every year touring. I feel like she may have reached out to us or something I like that. I need to connect. I know that name. I absolutely am familiar with Her that Her manager, name. Yuka, lives out here. So I have mm. to connect you. Okay. Yeah, I would love that, man. We, we want to rock with everybody that's yeah. about she this. Yeah, she was signed so. to, I think she signed to Sony Japan, I think is the label she signed to. Is there someone who hasn't given you props that if they gave you props, you'd be like on the same level as DJ Groove? Um, I get props. I, like, I got understudy and people that look up to me and they're like, yo, man, we idolize you because what you do is what we trying to do and you represent correctly. And like, you're doing what the big names aren't doing. So I, I get props from the right people who I'm supposed to get props from. There's still people in the world that I'm like that might have a bigger name than me that won't give me props. But I'm like... But Nobody you, you look up to. Yeah, but I'm like, you read my site to find out about them records that you playing, though. But you're never mm-hmm. going to give me props in public. But I know you're looking at my Instagram and seeing what's going on. I know you're looking at my site. Yeah, that's trash. There's a lot of people like that out there mm-hmm. that won't comment until they need something or want something. Quickly. Expeditiously. That's right. So there's a lot of people that don't give me props, but the right people give me props, and that's mm. all that matters. No doubt, man. I want to give you props because uh, I really look to you as a person who's carrying on the rich oral history of this culture, and I think people definitely need to have you here to learn more about these things. And when you write that book, man, I'm going to be right oh, there to pick it up. Yo, I need you to do that. It's going to be a lot of angry people. <laughs> Scheme, <do you laughs> tell the truth is all that we need. That's all it is. Do you consider yourself a historian? I am. I'm a historian. I'm, I'm history in the making. Who is telling your history? The Megalate. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, uh, my my history. The fact that we're living in a social media time. I'm telling my story as it's happening in real time. Autobiographical. So, but what about your background? Do you talk about like your upbringing? Like when I do lectures, because every once once in a while I'll do like a college lecture or something like that. So I'll I'll talk about that and I'll talk about predating hip hop and just being black culture growing up. So I just want to get all this shit on tape. But I really don't. I don't talk about what I did. Like a lot of people don't know, I used to DJ for Bahamadia. Shout out to Bahamadia, another Philly. Like I produced me and my my homie DJ Groove. We produced for MF Doom on his Venomous Villain Two album. We produced a a joint called Rap Game. Word. Like we've we've been around. Like I've been around. You know. So, but I don't talk about what I did in the '90s because I'm still here right now doing what Mm -hmm. I'm doing right now. A lot of people want to talk about what they did 30 years ago. Because that was their height, and they're still trying to live off of 30 years. I don't need to tell you what I did in 95. Because I'm still, I'm in 2019, still doing things. You know, so. No doubt. No days off. No naps, 2019. No, that's we right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm super, uh, like, I feel like I could talk to you about more things in the culture. Like, we we were going off on rants before we even started recording for yeah. about 30, 40 minutes. So. <laughs> but um, now now that we've had you on the podcast, you've become uh, a, an official Mega Late Show member. Word. And I'm glad that we're best friends now. We're going to yes. hang out all the time so yes. I can chill with all these famous people and dope people you be with, man. No, but on, on a serious note, man, I want to thank you again for coming out to rock with us. I'm super excited for this um, episode to reach the public so Word. people can find out more 
about this culture and about the people who are really dope living it and executing things the proper way. Right. Uh, that's that's what we're here for. And so, man, thank you again, fam. Part two in 2020. Yeah, that's right. For sure. <laughs> hey, yo, next next like uh, next time you come out, like I I really try to get Brooklyn Terry on here, but you know yeah. he's busy. But we'll yeah. get you know we'll get some other people in here and have we'll some more it. conversations, man. Word. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm expecting. I really want to get Murrow on this podcast this year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm making those slow yeah. slowly but surely and getting those steps done. Yeah. Because that's another OG out here that I want to talk to. Yeah. Or, King of digging. Yeah. Let's go into this weather forecast. Uh, Scheme, can you... Well, that's tonight. Scheme, how, how much longer are you in the country? Um, I'm here until May 13th. Oh, okay, so do you have any shows? Yeah, any shows so coming, up? coming up after the 30th? So, uh, let's see. Tokyo, what's left? I have... Um, tonight is... Shibuya Club Ball for the plug tuning party. Oh, we're this episode comes out next Friday. So okay, so after that. all right, so next Friday, um, let's see. Uh, on the first Wednesday, the first, I'm at Disunion the record store opened up a new cafe, lounge, bar, dope called Du Lounge. Oh, in Shinjuku. Oh, okay. So I'm playing there with Ruhe the Man on the first. Yo, that sounds dope. Um, yeah. I didn't hear about that either. I'm playing with Daisuke Kuroda, another OG, um, on Thursday at Azumaya, A-Z-U-M-A-Y-A, that's in Shibuya. Um, then I go to Hiroshima, Kobe, and then on Thursday the 7th, I'm at The Room in Shibuya. Bet. Dope. So, making my way around. Oh, yeah, Inner FM. I'm actually, I have a set rocking on Inner FM on the 11th. Hey, shout out to that. Shout out to my man Hero King for doing it. Out that. Shout Yo, out to Hero King. Definitely shout man. out to Hero King. Yeah. That's our guy. You know, he asked me to um, to MC at the next Mild Out event because Gizmo wasn't going to be there. Oh, word? Yeah, but I'm not doing that because I'm supposed to be in uh, Nico. Mm. But yeah, I don't really do the rap things, but I would do that. Yeah, Mild Out is a great party. Yo, Hero King is that's our guy. That's our guy. You know, he's a friend of the show, family. Mega Late Show member number 42 or something like that. He's down with us. He's been on a couple times. I saw y'all was at some event together just recently, right? Yeah, we were at um, the Dance Alive Alive after party. That looked kind of crazy. Yeah, for a Sunday night, 12 midnight to 5 in the morning. Pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah, Sunday night. Shout out to that. What else do we have upon the calendar? Late? Anything that we need to talk about? Shout out to my roommate that I'll be staying in Japan for five Yo, months. R- Rachel! <laughs> Rachel! Rachel! We get along really well. Hey. <laughs> Cheap rent. Cheap rent, yeah. Rachel! <laughs> Yo, um, it is still Golden Week. So there are hella things going on. Today, the third, we've got... That's me, my bad. Uh, uh, the third anniversary of Chillaxing Tokyo. That's going down at Sound Museum Vision. There's a lot of people performing, so check that information out. Also, that same day, Tokyo Was Here presents our guy I Am Jesse. Mm-hmm. is playing with Watarai, Dani Neves, and Error at a Kyodo Ripple in Setagaya. The next day, the fourth, my big sister... DJ Sarasa is having the second year anniversary of her Mexican restaurant, Casa de Sarasa. I love that restaurant. Shout out to Sarasa. Shout out to Sarasa. Right in the middle of Shibuya. So she's going to have herself, Kotoko, the Barbecue Brothers, Take and Tomo, Coco, DJ Coco, a.k.a. Shimokita, Mm -hmm. 
Gonez, the DJ, and Neil Ar- DJ Neil Armstrong. Oh. He's another homie, Neil. Yeah. And, I'm uh, trying to get him on the podcast, too. Yes, for sure. Uh, the, the same day, um, our guy Kendall will be playing with his band. Um, I think the name is Sunday. And okay. uh, it's a new band with a new singer. Uh, I, I can't remember his name, but... I think it starts with the B, but they'll mm. be performing at a quintet out in Umegaoka, and that's Saturday, May 4th. The next day, Speakeasy will be having their Kodomo no Hi picnic with Machi Mix. That's going to be crazy. That's in Machida from 2 to 9, having a kid's disco for the first two hours, and then, you know, it's regular Speakeasy Stees with guests like DJ, DJ Mudro. Mark the Clive Lowe, mm-hmm. DJ Gomez, and the debut of DJ Lucy. That's right. Our Lucy guy, DJ Tag's daughter. DJ Tag's daughter, 12 years old. She's going to rock her first set. Doing your first set at 12 years old with DJ Murrow and Mark the Clive Lowe is right. kind and of... speakeasy. Yeah, that's right. kind of like... That's you a, know, she's starting from the top. That's right. a flex. You know what I mean? Right. That's a flex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other stuff. Well, Golden Week is over at this point. Uh, on Wednesday, the 8th, Joe Hertz is going to be playing with Yuki Beb and Jun Shimbo at mm. Sankey's Penthouse. Uh, there's regular events going on until the 10th. We got 90 BPM Takeover. That's going to be at Solfa. Uh, lots of people on that. Kopero, Samarite, Karani Uta, Roshi, Chubei. Aquadab, Yamiya yeah. Zimmer. Yeah. Three. I'm not sure who three is, but I mean, I like the... Just concise. Shout out San to Ishii. San. Yeah. And that same day, Tokyo was here, and Jet Set Tokyo and Tokyo Provoke will be having a big event at Barika. There are lots of people performing. Uh, I don't want to say everybody, but yeah. Yeah. Lots of people. So you know Stay, how Jesse does yeah, at Barika. Yeah. Both no floors doubt. will be going on. Yeah, that should be really be dope. dope. Yeah, definitely pay attention. Next week, we'll have another oh. uh, show notes calendar. And blah, excuse blah, blah. me. Hot will be going on the next day, Saturday, the 11th. That's going to be me, uh, DJ Rock 10, and Brad and Bougie, our guy, the cameraman for Speakeasy, will be DJing. And we're going to have some Brad else DJ, but it has not been decided yet. All right. Yo, Mega Late Show, episode number 73, the world's greatest, most illustrious, handsomest, most Ikebuka rowist, Tokyoist, Lawsonist. <laughs> we're out of here, man. Scheme Richards, 73. Mega Late Show.
insert them inside your vein. They run through your bloodstream, get inside your brain. Cause I first put my name up inside the train. But my control's been unprecedented. And you wrong if you thought you was the best that did it. See, I just started messing with it. I've been married to the game since 88. You just committed. The entire phase of the whole empire states in the hands of a man that's here to inspire hate. For the state of the music And all these other cats looking for another way to abuse it I wake you up like a gun in the face And just here to let you know who's like running the place And everywhere that I perform and do a show, do a show As long as you know Like the light, cause I show the way. I'm the one to collect the funds and hold the pay. The kind that fold away, then I stroll away. Shit, I can't name all the hits we charted. That crazy ass Brooklyn ass shit, we got it. We came here tonight to get started. To cold act ill and get retarded. Yeah, I remember like last year, 
bro. When I'm on stage, dudes are just yelling. Anytime I go somewhere, no matter where we at, dudes want to battle. When I'm on stage in the middle of the song, dudes tell I'm battling. Go outside just to try and go down the block and get like a slice of pizza or something. Dudes want to battle and all that. So, like, one day this dude was just yelling from the crowd, talking mad junk. I just switched the last verse of the whole song and just destroyed that kid one time. Just did it, you know, just for spite right there, you know, just to let him know he picked the wrong one. Yeah. Master ace the name, I write rhymes and insert them inside your vein They run through your bloodstream, get inside your brain Since I first put my name up inside the train But my control's been unprecedented And you wrong if you thought you were the best that did it See, I just started messing with it I've been married to the game since 88, you just committed The entire phase of the whole empire states In the hands of a man that's here to inspire hate for the state of the music and all these other cats looking for another way to abuse it i wake you up like a gun in the face and just here to let you know who's like running the place and everywhere that i perform and do a show do a show as long as you know Like the light, cause I show the way. I'm the one to collect the funds and hold the pay. The kind that fold away, then I stroll away. Shit, I can't name all the hits we charted. That crazy ass Brooklyn ass shit, we got it. We came here tonight to get started. To cold act ill and get retarded.
Look from which forth I come, riding the wind, thus eliminating competition from bird's eye view. I'm descending in helicopters in a village raid. Flesh will burn when exposed to the poetical germ grenade. I'm highly intoxicating your mind. When I'm operating on cell walls to membranes, cytoplasms and protoplasms disintegrate. I'm eliminate them, not on one atom in battle. I display a nuclear raid that'll destroy bone marrow and cattle. Thereby destroying the entire food supply that's crawling with AIDS, maggots, flies. It's ironic when a demonic government utilizes bionics in a six million dollar man to capture me. Clever, however, you can never ever begin to apprehend a hologram. Who's determined to fight solely to defend and war the land of the holy? I threw a rock and I ran. Cause I couldn't stand anymore within the depths of the sand. So don't ask me who's sane. Cause the hypnotical gas is all eating my brain. Twenty thousand leagues down below, minus one hundred and forty-three degrees. Seize the info, gather the archaeology, the aftermath needs to follow this, cause it's deep, equivalent to the esophagus prints. The scientists, aka optimist, prime time television is dead on this issue and very much irrelevant to this intuition. Deleting any aliens are indescriptible. Mortal competition with infrared like vision, precision, beams, colors, reds, fusions, lime greens, black. Don't you know my formulas form dope lyrics, uplift spirits, and you why here it's fatal to walk the path of confusion where it's torture some cherish while most human like beings perish subjected to death their bodies don't agree with the hypnotical intellect poetical acid is burning up flesh at the end of the corridor you see me sitting the jotty more grotesque literature somewhat equivalent to concentrated sodium hypochlorite insight foresight more sight the clock on the wall reads a quarter past midnight you feel nauseous forever you will avoid my royal presence as a step into darkness Now is the time to stretch your brain to its As I step into the thunderdome, with flows as the wind blows, 